Wait, okay, testing. Maybe stream can hear us. Hello, everyone. If you can't hear us, then you'll probably tell us. But welcome to episode five of the Sharp Engine podcast. Sharp Engine without Sharp, because Sharp couldn't be here today. But we have our first interview episode with none other than Phoenix Chase. Hello, Chase. Would you like hello. to say anything to the people? Hello, Hassan. How are you? <laughs> well, you went the wrong way. You went the wrong way. <laughs> Trust me. I'm, I'm sure um, it's, it's, it's that yeah. way. Uh, whatever. It's all good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Okay, it's, part, it's part of the charm. You gotta, you gotta look the of wrong course. way. Of course, that's a stream of charm. Um, that's it. So yeah, um, uh, hopefully, let us know in chat if you can hear us. And if the sound... Okay, Megan's letting us know. Sounds good. Wonderful. Um, and yeah, hopefully everything doesn't crash and burn. Um, if I need to be a bit louder, then, you know, let me know that as well. Um, but See, yeah. the overlay still works, because that, that's my peach. Not my no, app, real. but... It's not your app. You know, Should I have the app to it? I think Peach. I could, I could add <laughs> that. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, there's quite a few things that we could... That we're looking to get through in your illustrious career. Yeah, I hear, I hear you've been prepped. Yeah. I've been doing a little bit of digging. I've been digging, doing a little of uh, information... What's it called? Mining, whatever you call it. Um, and first of all, I guess... Um, how long have you been actually been playing Chase? Um, I know you've, uh, I know how long you initially started with like Phoenix stuff, mm -hmm. but how long, when did you first like find out about Smash and when did you actually play it? Um, so I played Smash in like what, sixth form I think, maybe a little bit before that, um, where one of my mates, um, really old school melee guy, um, Moth, who most of you probably don't know, um, he was like, oh, you should come around and play like some PM. And we played a bunch of PM. I was terrible, but I bought a game controller and we'd go around like every now and again, play some okay. games. Um, and he lived near school as well. So sometimes we just go off to school or whatever. Okay. Um, but then I like, I didn't really like, I enjoyed it enough that I'd keep playing, but I wasn't like my game. I liked Street Fighter and Marvel at the time. Street mm -hmm. Fighter 4, Marvel 3, Golden Age, Golden Age of Fighting Games. Yeah. Um, but then I got to uni and there was no Marvel and there was no Street Fighter. And there was no one to play with. Um, but there was, um, I found Kieran on Facebook. He was like, I want to play PM with people. And I was like, well, wait, I hold that I... thought, hold that thought. Chase. We get to that point soon. But I just okay. want to hear about your, what's it called? With your, about your first ever Smash Origins. Because yes, I know that, you know, anyone seeing you around and who knows you, like knows that you have like, you played a lot of fighting games and you're really into them, right? I remember even yeah. seeing you around LLL and Mercs and stuff like that with your, you know, your curly mustache. Shirt, which is like a yeah. Yipes reference, right? To his commentary. It. Was it in uh, Marvel 3 or Marvel 2 that he first made that reference? Marvel 2, yeah. So it's pretty super old reference. It's but, a super um, old reference. What's it called? So I'm aware that you started playing like fighting games. Maybe the first thing you ever started with was like the Se uh, Street Fighter 2 on like the Sega Mega Drive, right? Like, if you if you want to go that far back, yeah. yeah Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat 1. But yeah. like, the first game I ever like took seriously like half seriously would have been like street fighter 4 but then the first game i got any good at was mk9 okay because it's interesting i feel like not that many people like back in the day it used to be street fighting games used to be more of like a mainstream thing right like uh, i think even people think back to street fighter 2 in arcades and it had like it literally made like billions from arcade yeah, so like, Street Fighter 2 is, like, currently the most sold fighting game, I think, or at least the most sold uh, Street Fighter. Street Fighter 5 is finally catching up, or maybe okay. it's just overtaken. Okay, um, but it's something that you would have played with your cousins, right? If I'm correct. Yeah, exactly. 
And so, actually, what can you tell me about some of the time you... What can you tell me, in fact, about Beyblade on the PlayStation 1? <laughs> Beyblade on the PlayStation 1 is a goated game that you should... Actually, you shouldn't play, because it's... It's an incredible experience, but you had to be there. You had to be there like 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. I've heard it's quite, quite a brutal game. As far as I'm aware, right? We never quite figured this out as a kid. But as far as I'm aware, you so you, there's a bar, right? You let it rip when it hits the max because big speed, big wins. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure after that, you're just watching the Beyblade go. Like, okay. I was always like trying to figure out. We were pressing buttons. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, I, I'm there sometimes a bit beast there. would come out. I was pretty sure that we found the bit beast combination, but never worked consistently. I think you just let it rip and watch. But <laughs> so the, wait, the they would not they would not good. ever like consistently come out. You'd sometimes just let it rip and then nothing would happen. I mean, bear in mind, no, no. So you'd always let it rip, but like okay, sometimes you just watch the Beyblade just spin around. And like to be fair, I was like what a child, so I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just happy to press buttons, thinking I'm doing stuff. Okay, but. But I, no, I love that game. I want to I wanna try it again and see if there's actually anything to it, but I'm pretty sure it is just let it rip. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's like a advanced tech, like a Beyblade competitive community. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just want to pull it out. I just want my little, you know, Nardwar moment. <laughs> I've been able to say, <laughs> what do you know about Beyblade on PS1? But yeah, so because I've heard you did take um, MK9, MKX quite seriously, as well as uh, Marvel 3. Um, so it's interesting that you ended up going to uni and transitioning specifically to PM. So, um, can you maybe tell me more about, um, was it just down to the fact that there wasn't many fighting game players around or? Yeah, pretty much. There was like one guy who played Marvel 3 and I saw him like once in a blue moon at Gaming Sock. So we'd play Marvel 3 whenever he was there. But for the most part it was, well, I also like playing PM with my friends. Okay. So I guess I'll just play PM with these guys. And it was fun. Um, I mean, you know, Smash is fun. Um, so I was like, well, I can't play the games that I want to play. I still enjoy this, so I'm going to do this every week instead. And then maybe see if I can find anyone who plays uh, Street Fighter. And every now and again, someone to play with me. But for the most part, yeah, we just play Smash. And then, you know, just we kind of like built a huge scene at Cov Uni in the end. Mm. So it just really just encouraged us all to keep playing. It was a great time. Yeah, because I've heard initially it started with you, Kieran, uh, Mo, Z all playing together at the Gaming Socks. I know Mo was yeah. like the president of the Gaming Society. Mm. Uh, in fact, like, so I was wondering, Team Phoenix didn't necessarily exist when you first joined, when you just joined people at uni, meeting them for the first time, playing and, you know, socialising around the game. Um... And so, what was that early time like? Like, what was it like, you know, making I mean, those, those like, friendships and stuff like that? I mean, it was just like, you know, you go to uni and you don't know anyone. So, like, you go to societies and stuff to find people that have common interests, right? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so it was cool to see that. Especially because the gaming stock at the time was like more of like a tabletop society. Really? Okay. Um, they kind of like the first gaming society night so like the freshest one i guess was like a huge sweat fest because they were not ready for so many people to come in okay right? and it was like in like some basement in the uni and really? which they're like playing werewolf and other yeah. and, like t tabletop game stuff but they had a projector so i think kieran bought his wii and we just plugged it into that and just played mm -hmm. smash um but then yeah yeah then, in fact i've got i don't know you see because i've 
I need to ask like Westers to make me another layout. So I've got no way of actually showing like images on stream. But wait, I'll show you an image from, you know, maybe back in these early days. Um, wait, I'll send it to you and then I'll show it on the stream. So this is, um, let, me, <laughs> let me find a way of adding it to the I think I'll just like lay it over. You can just drag and drop it into a scene. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I need to add, I, I, I added the image capture of the, I added the source of the wrong window, one sec. Um, so yeah, this is what it, this is a little thing. Can you tell me anything about this, Chase? What are we looking at yeah, here? Yeah, I completely forgot about this. Um, this was, I think, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers Salty or Jake or Faulty even. I think he changed oh, that yeah, too. Oh yeah, Faulty. Um, but so me and Kieran were both in the same building at uni. So he just have his Wii on him, and there was just TVs all over to do work on, right? So. Every now and again, if we both had a free at the same time, we'd say, like, yeah, sure, go on, let's get up. Uh, so we're not disturbing anyone. And yeah, there's a couple of cheeky games of Peach Lucario between lessons. <laughs> Why Fair not? Enough. So was that something that would like be a usual occurrence and you'd just like, you know, hang out and play in between like lectures and stuff like that? It didn't happen like a lot, a lot, but it mm -hmm. happened a fair few times. Okay. Uh, like you saw in the picture, right? It's some laggy school TV. <laughs> it's not the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, but... I can imagine is you know it was a lot of fun okay then cool um i suppose um what was it like in terms of moving on from there into actually deciding oh we want to run something we want to like uh you know draw people in and do something regular because i know you moved into like the phoenix pub right yeah like the was it the attic or like the second floor yeah so they had like an events room upstairs Okay. Uh, and they said we could have it. Um, we bought our own CRTs. I used to carry a CRT from my room, which is by the train station in Coventry, 20 <laughs> minutes to the middle of Coventry. Yeah, um, I've done that work every week. Times. Yeah. Um, but I I want to say my my memory is a little hazy on it, but I want to say that we did that out of pure laziness. I think we decided it was easier to run a bi-weekly than it was to attend other bi-weeklies. I see. Was there much going on around? Midlands at the time was popping. Okay. We did go to a few other things, right? Because there was Leicester was pretty big at the time. Mm -hmm. um, Birmingham had a pretty good scene. I don't know if they had a weekly, but they had a pretty big scene, so they would come to us. Um, Who yeah, it was basically... Tioing in Leicester, would that be Wills? And would it be Boz in Birmingham? It wouldn't or... have been Boz yet. Boz okay. was way later. But it would have been, yeah, Wills, Braddo... Uh, I don't remember if Calzum was still TOing at the time, but okay. he was obviously still active. There was a, like a huge scene in Leicester at the time. They were probably like the biggest in the Midlands. Um, well, so yeah, so how many people would we be sort of thinking? Because I've heard crazy things like I know like at one Heart of Gaming in London there was like a hundred man or ninety man weekly for PM one time because people <laughs> underestimate like PM was. Because ultimately it was the brawl players and the melee players had a one PM game was to the share game. together. PM, so it was yeah. like a sensation in the UK, pretty much. When I started playing Smash, PM was the biggest game. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, people had come off brawl and it felt like it felt more like melee. Um, and then people like me, I didn't play melee as a kid. The game felt hard, like control and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But PM has, the, it's, like, it's slightly easier just off the bat. Um, so I don't want to play melee. The characters, there's no characters I want to play. Um, 
movement feels weird. So I'd play PM and like, obviously that means more people get their friends into PM. Um, and then there was like a huge shift later, but for a while PM was, yeah, easily the biggest game. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of where, in terms of moving from those bi-weeklies that you used to run, I heard from Kieran that um, they weren't necessarily big enough to actually run brackets, but the transition to an actual like um, uh, tournament, which you can tell us the name of the first tournament, because I know you're probably still quite proud of it. Um, <laughs> actually, who, who came up with it between you guys? It was me as a joke. Okay. But <laughs> it was the kind of joke. It's like I the working that... title. Sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the working title. The, the name. Like, you know, project name. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I, I thought of it and I was like, this is hilariously bad. <laughs> and I'll say it as a joke, but I know that if I say it, it will stick. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, Rise from the Smashes. Rise from the Smashes. Name. Yeah. Um, from Team Phoenix. It's at the Phoenix. Yes. You know? <laughs> uh, and also, like, it's Coventry. I mean, Coventry has, like, a whole affiliation with the Phoenix because mm-hmm. they got bombed to hell in World War Two, mm-hmm. And the whole point is that the city rose from the ashes. So it's kind of thematic. Um, but, yeah, Rise from the Smashes. Uh, I wouldn't say that, like, the weeklies were too small to run a bracket, but uh, it's more that, like, we didn't know how many people would come, uh, and we were split between Melee and PM. There was kind of no interest in it either, really. Okay. It was just a big smash fest. That was kind of the fun. It was to meet new people. We met a bunch of the guys at Warwick, um, guys at Birmingham. And yeah, just play a lot of games. We'd have, like, a crew battle on the projector. Nice, um, nice. Stuff yeah. like that. You know, it was more for fun than it was. But then we were like, yeah, let's run a tournament. Okay, uh, there Which... been, I know one notable name might have been like Rash from Warwick. Would there have been anyone yeah. else that people might remember? Because I know there's also a Murtag that was, who apparently was decent at Shrek Super Slam, right? Apparently he was like some top player. All in of that Warwick game. played Shrek Super Slam. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure there's only like 10 people in the world that play that game, so you're probably <laughs> a top player if you play it. Yeah, um, I'm worried. But uh, yeah, no, Murtag's one of the other big names everyone remember. Cabs? You know, oh, of London course. legend. Yeah, Cam Warwick. How could I forget? Uh, and then I'm not sure who else people would know, but there was yeah, there was a huge amount of um, Warwick players at the time. They, like, I guess there's Picky, who's still about, but I don't think he was there back then. Okay. Um, but Picky's probably the most known Warwick player at this point now, other than like Rash, right? Probably, yeah. We had like a fun little rivalry with Warwick. We'd crew battle at every opportunity. We lost at every opportunity too, uh, really? until <laughs> until the final crew battle at air, where we won, and then we never played them again. Oh, which air would have that would that have been? It must have been like air two or three. I think it was air two. Okay, yeah, that adds up, I guess. Well, well, that would yeah. have been like twenty fifteen then. That's interesting, because maybe yeah, probably. I suppose interest in PM sort of dropped off a little bit after that, but we'll get to that eventually. Um, so yeah, can you tell us a little bit about Rise from the Smashes? Maybe a little bit of the early PM tournaments that you might have run. Was there weren't any from I actually don't know much about the second one, but I don't believe there was melee at the first one, right? That uh, right from the smashes. Yeah, the first. Uh, right no, it was smashes. a multi-game event. Oh, okay. Um, we had both, but PM was our primary game. Like we liked PM. Um, so that being said, all of ourselves were running at fifty hertz because of the weird PM color issue. No so, way. Um, on the day, yeah, all of the PM setups pretty much in black and white to make them run smoothly. <laughs> wow. um, Wait, what's uh, that? Was there a, so there was a color? If you played PM in color, it would only run in fifty hertz. So PM, or rather brawl that you play PM on, is the NTSC version of the game. Right? Okay. Okay. Uh, and you know how like NTSC melee can sometimes be black and white. 
mm-hmm. um, depending on your CRT. It, it's that. Um, and a while later, I found a fix in the settings that you can use. But for a long time, people were either playing black and white or like getting lucky with CRTs. Wait, is that an issue with because of the PAL CRTs then? Yeah, PAL CRTs oh, okay. don't like NTSC signals. Okay. So they will they can do it in black and white or they can do it at 50 hertz. Okay, that's fair enough. That's weird. It's weird yeah, that no, black that... and white is the thing that makes it work, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, but the crazy thing is that probably wasn't even the worst thing to happen on the day. Uh, <laughs> we turned up to the venue ready to set up, and um, like the bar, I, I, they hadn't forgot we were coming, but they'd thrown away all their tables and chairs. It was really weird. Um, sounds like you already heard about that one. I have heard about <laughs> the, the limited <laughs> amount of tables, yeah. It was nothing. So we just basically took stools from like the pub <laughs> side of it and just set everything up on like stools and on like little... Uh, there was like a stage that was used to set up. Really? Um, okay. like, wherever we could put a setup, we put one there. It was uh, the most bodged together thing, but you know what? It worked. Yeah. And, and standards were lower back then. Definitely, right? Um, I suppose like, um, so how do you remember how the day might have went or how like you felt at the end of it? Because it would have been your first ever bigger event, right? And how many, mm-hmm. am, am I thinking like maybe like around 30 to 40 people? might have turned up or yeah it was about 30 we hit cap okay pretty quickly. was that 32 uh, I'm cap, i think was 32 for each game oh, where wow. most people were playing okay. both yeah i can't remember if that's true though um but yeah like i remember the phoenix tournaments have always kind of taken off way faster than they deserve to <laughs> like like yeah random tournament top of a pub in coventry of all places um and i remember like prof signed up and we we're like wait professor Pro- isn't he like the best in the country wait what <laughs> <laughs> um and then like all of bristol drove up mm-hmm. um so you have you like the- frenzy and candy and yeah exactly the candy car. frenzy who i think was a samus at the time at least yeah in the, um, um yeah so they all drove up um but yeah no uh, overall i remember being really happy with the event that's why we ran more it went pretty well when you consider there was no tables or chairs and all yeah. of our TVs are black and white and the stream setup uh, was because I only had a I mean first of all it's amazing that there was a stream setup no one had streams back in the day um, but from you know my infant days of wanting to be a Call of Duty YouTuber I had a pasty PVR <laughs> yeah <right? laughs> nice nice um, but the problem with the PVR is it can do component in and out, but it can't do composite in and out. Yeah, okay. So we didn't have any component TVs. So for the projector, it was great because you can component in, component out, and no one cares about the lag back. Like, we were all terrible. Okay. Um, but for the CRTs, we needed composite, and we didn't have a splitter. So we didn't even really know splitters existed. So <laughs> we had one magical CRT that had AV out. <laughs> you oh feed God. into it and yeah. feed out the TV into the stream setup. Um, so yeah, yeah I was... remember. I actually low-key. I never actually got into like playing COD much, but those would have been like the Hopage ones, right? Those are the ones that everyone yeah, 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 used to talk HP, about. Yeah, yeah. it was either that or a Dazzle. Those were like the go-to for like video capture back in the day. Yeah, Dazzle was um, the the cheap one that would be fine. Yeah, but, um, that, everyone. I, I had to get me a, a HD PVR. I was. <laughs> You're on the higher end. You had high ambitions even back then. But, yeah, fair enough. So it went well from what I've heard and mm. people sort of enjoyed it. So you went on to run a couple, two more. Is there anything much, I haven't, because I haven't heard much about Rise 2, is there anything that really sticks out 
for you at least. Yeah, Westfall's came. <laughs> really? For PM and Melee, Westfall's? Yeah. In commentary? Yeah. No yeah. way. <laughs> this is what I mean about how we have no right for these things that escalate so quickly. How was he even in the country? Like, what was he even there for? Um, I think he went to... It was right before Beast. We were the weekend before Beast. Okay. So he... But why would I... you... Surely there must have been like a kickstart or something at least. Yeah, so there was a kickstart okay. on the Sunday and we were on the Saturday and then I basically just messaged him. I was like, hey, I know you're in England. There's a tournament. Do you want to come to it? You messaged uh, him yourself? I messaged him on Facebook. Okay. Um, fully not expecting him to reply and then he's like, yeah, sure, I'm in. And then he came <laughs> <up>. <laughs> That's so random. Um, it was a great time. And then on the day or like whatever, he sent me a message like, hey, do you mind if I bring a friend with me? Uh, and I was like, like... Yeah, all the pools are made, but who really cares, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, okay, have you ever heard of Baxan? I was like, oh, no. no. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, so I he just slapped Baxan in the top of someone's pool. I think it was Tamal's pool. And he just, it was it was a bad time for everyone involved, but it was very fun to watch. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, that's so sort of like serendipitous, I guess. Yeah, but... and then at the third one, Armada said he'll come. <laughs> and then Wait, on the day, he dropped out. Yeah, yeah Rice 3, Armada... Android and Zola signed up. Okay, um, but none and then of them on the day up. just didn't come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I reckon Amada was tired. Pods. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> but um, yeah, because Rise Three was like early 2016, right? So. I uh, probably I, that sounds about right, but I do not remember. Okay. Um. Let me. So yeah, that's that's mad. I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize that you had Americans coming that early into your series, mm -hmm. but. Okay, so, um, Rise 3, I remember, so I was speaking to Kieran about this, like, from what I told him, from what I saw in the VODs and from what I, they I heard, there was a big transition, obviously, because Nintendo DMCA striked PM, mm. and, you know, people were, you know, really getting upset about it, PM sort of, like, really faded away starting then, because that was sort of, like, the beginning of the end of the game. I know Gimmer stopped running any PM VODs on his channel. And I think he yeah. took all of them down. Yeah. He? And a lot of PM people... They're on a hard drive somewhere. No, I think a lot of them ended up getting uploaded on like an alternative channel yeah. or something. Yeah, that was always the end game apparently. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, that was like the sort of going away time for PM, I guess. The sort of the flame going out. And so that was sort of represented in... I don't believe... Was Rise... Did Rise 3 run PM? Or... Yeah, we we ran PM up until like Smashbox, I want to say. Really? Okay. Um, I can't remember. I think Smashbox Two might have been the last PM thing we ran, but um, I don't know how much PM getting taken down really affected the change. Okay. I think people just started shifting over to back to melee because I remember for us at the very least, like, um, yeah, we just. We would like play a bit of PM, but we had like Smash Fest like every night or every other night. We'd mm -hmm. play a bit of PM, play a bit of melee, and then slowly, slowly, we realized we were playing a little bit more melee. Um, <laughs> was it just out of genuine interest from you guys, or? Um, I well, like, so Mo, who was the main pusher of melee, like okay. I think he played more of it anyway, mm -hmm. like just generally. Uh, I think he kind of grew up on it, and Z had played a lot of brawl and a lot of melee, so mm -hmm. it wasn't very hard to make them play that game. And then I was like learning it a lot by just playing them and getting better at PM makes you better at melee a little bit too. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and then I, I've always said that like when melee really clicks, it just feels like there's something 
I've not felt it in many or if any other games. Really? Um, okay. Like that, the kind of understanding of the game mm -hmm. where like things start and then everything starts to feel really good, right? And then <laughs> PM, while still fun, it doesn't feel as good anymore. And I'm like, well, why don't I just play PM? Why don't I just play Melee instead of PM? And then we ended up shifting our focus into that a little bit. I don't think it really had, it probably didn't help that PM streams with it getting taken down and stuff because when you're less exposed to it, uh, exposed to it, you start losing interest. Mm -hmm. But I think we kind of naturally started shifting there anyway, and then the whole country was kind of just kind of happened everywhere really at once. Yeah, uh, less people started signing up to PM. So not only do I now play more melee, but more people are signing up to melee. Mm -hmm. But now this is where my interest, like where my focus has to go. Yeah, that's interesting. It's weird that rather than it being a conscious choice, it's something that just sort of uniformly like just faded away, isn't it? the way that you're sort of describing it. Well, I suppose there were conscious choices around to like not invest in it as much, but in terms of your choice, it seems like it was not a stark like break with it. Yeah, we ran it for as long as we could. Yeah. Okay, so I, what, what can you tell me actually about the transition to a new venue? I knew you moved into the Eclipse Sports Arena. Um, and yeah. so what was that like? I heard a couple of stories, like apparently the CRTs <laughs> drew so much power that Partway through Rise Three, like the power, the entire like, just PM setups just died. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. good. Um, you, yeah, maybe it was the drawing of power. Maybe it was the horrible daisy chaining. Who, who can say? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Rise Two and Three. Other than like, yeah. So Westfall's coming to uh, Rise Two was pretty huge, and it was really cool to watch. Um, and then Rise 3 was really cool in the build-up because all the Swedes coming. And the actual tournament happened and it was, it was fine. Um, they were cool. We needed a new venue. We couldn't keep at the pub. And we found a gaming arena, mm -hmm. um, which was fine. You know, like, would I run anything there now? Very unlikely. <laughs> Maybe something mm -hmm. small. Mm -hmm. uh, although I don't think they exist anymore. Um, but, yeah, we just kind of, we needed somewhere and it just made sense. Then they, like, promised to open up this whole new gaming arena. And I think it was kind of designed for like PC play in mind because it was basically a giant corridor. So we ran okay. like two tournaments there, and then we were like, "No, this, this is we have to find something bigger." Okay, um, fair enough. Where was it have been like some sort of land center looking place? Or... I think that's what they were going for. I don't know if they ever got there, but okay. they were definitely trying for that. Fair enough. And so you moved eventually into the box, which is like the sort of enigmatic. One of my favorite venues of all time. Really? I mean, it actually looks. It actually says does what it says on the tin. It, it does what it says on the tin. Massive box. I actually, do I, can, I think I might have some images that I might be able to put on stream again. We called um, the tournament. So this is another one where like we just couldn't think of a name, and then we were like, "Well, it's smash at the box, smash in the box, smash at the box, smash box." We just kept saying random things like that, yeah. and then we just went with it, and then. Right, we look it up and we're like, "Oh, that's a, a brand of makeup." Okay, that's yeah, whatever. That, that that doesn't matter. It smashes. Who cares? But then the Hitbox released a Smashbox, and we're like, "Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah." That's not actually. That's not exactly the most fortunate. And it happens yeah. like in the lead up to Smashbox. Really? I'm it was announced sure. like the actual like controller. I'm pretty sure the box was announced in the lead up to Smashbox. Yeah. Yeah, because it was proper. Like pe people have been talking about it for a while. Like it's not. Mm. Something that sprung up out of nowhere, isn't it? The Smashbox. Because um, I remember it was in development for the longest time. and they had all. Yeah, it was in like pre-order for a long time, right? Yeah. 
And I know people like had like the old models. You'd see like someone in America pull out on the stream, and people would lose their mind because it was like <laughs> the craziest thing that no one's heard of before. And now everyone just like loses their minds in a different way, not necessarily That's in a positive way, but <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, what can you tell me about the choice to actually move there and the decision making and stuff like that? So it's pretty much kind of what I said. The corridor was too small. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not feasible um and the box was kind of big like we were able to go from running a 60 person tournament to a 120 person tournament you know mm -hmm. um it's huge it's spacious it's like in the middle of um i don't know what you call that kind of area um but like there was little shops nearby there was food nearby um it was just so well located was it um, what's it called fargo village or whatever it's called it was fargo village yeah yeah um so it's just such a great location it was pretty central to coventry like it's not far from the train or from the bus when you can take it in so it was like great for people to get to um pretty close to where we lived at the time uh so it's just a great like kind of thing uh, a little bit flammable but that was never a problem <laughs> yeah. um that was the joke that i remember quite a few people making at the time yeah but the main thing is it was spacious right so we could just set up setups all around the back and the middle was just empty. You could have some chairs, you could chill. We had like sofas in the middle, people could hang out and just relax. Mm -hmm. so. I'll flash up an image on stream right now for people to see like, this is the type of thing it looked like. You can tell like the walls, I don't know what it is. Is it literally just like cork or it's something plywood. like that? Is it Pretty just plywood? Sure, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, all of the walls are made of just this plywood and yeah, there's a bunch of space there. Wait, I've got another image as well. Let me try and flash this one up. The origins of what was it called? I forgot the name of the emote. This one. Do you know what I oh. might have in mind? <laughs> um, no, I'll put it on stream. There we go. Yeah, go Frenzy is not too happy about something. Wait, there we go. That is where this came from, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ship took these photos, right? This was, uh, uh, what's he called? The Smash 4 player. Or the, the ultimate player. Oh. What's he called? Not Jack. Verb, oh, was it? Oh yeah, it's in the bottom right. Jack Verdon. Yeah. I didn't know so that came to these. Yeah, I guess Verd did play it a bit of. Uh, yeah, I guess it's Midlands, yeah, right? He's a Midlands yeah. player. So. Yeah, that makes sense. This is such a good photo. It's <laughs> honestly you you lose when you see Frenzy. You're like, ah, great. It's looking at <laughs> Jake right next to. Him. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what's actually going on here? I have no idea what he's. I think they're so... playing a set, probably on stream. Okay. And what would have happened? Is he just like you just catch him in a bad moment? I I don't remember what happened there at all. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, let me. I sent off a pop set frenzy. Let me get that off. Um, but yeah. So overall, yeah, it seems like the Smashbox series was incredibly like popular. Like I'm looking at the entrance and like Smashbox one, 105 entrance. Smashbox two, 131 entrance. Smashbox three dipped down a bit. Okay, that was 49. Yeah. yeah everyone's everyone's got to have their bad days. Um, Smashbox 4 was a bit of a send-off, I guess, 62 entrants, but it ended up bouncing back in, when it came to Equinox. Um, so yeah, another sort of smash hit, I guess, for... Yeah, for, also uh, Equinox shows the power of just changing your name, because it was the exact damn, yeah. <laughs> exact same tournament, um, but it shot the numbers back up. That's mm -hmm. a good time. And you ended up, yeah. Smashbox 2 ended up having, like, um, Drugged Fox and Homemade Waffles, was there a was there a compendium at all, or was that were there, was it just that they were around? Because I remember there might have been a page um, on Smash EG. So I don't remember exactly though. They were coming to Beast, 
Mm -hmm. So all I had to do was get together enough money to get them to Sweden. Oh, okay. Um, it wasn't even so just I, the I, drive like, up to Coventry. You fully paid for like their ticket and everything. Yeah, so Beast were organizing getting them from the States to Sweden and back. Mm -hmm. um, so I basically, I think we bought Brandon's ticket from the states to coventry or where like london or probably i can't remember now oh what? Um, the, so we really from america to so the we, uk yeah, yeah yeah we actually got it for like an amazing price yeah, one-way yeah, ticket okay. i'm pretty sure it was less than 200 quid um but yeah so we got him straight and then i think for drug fox we just had to fly him to sweden i forget how it was but it worked out where we basically beast were willing to pay most of that money anyway because of that so we just had to raise a much more manageable yeah, amount of money okay, to get them yeah, so, and it also meant that because we were on the same weekend as Kickstart again, so we not only got them to that tournament, we got them to Kickstart straight after. So it's yeah. super value. Was it? And was it Kickstart? Sorry, was it Smashbox Two? I have a vague memory of this, but I don't know what happened. Where it had to be played in like someone's house at the end, or Kieran's front room grand finals. Okay, just like it what used happened to there? Be. Can you tell me much about that? Or no? The guy running the venue was just having a horrible day and he wanted to go home pretty much. Really? Um, okay. I think he was told the tournament finishes at nine, even though we'd booked it till 10. Okay. And then he was like, look, I'm going home. And then we were like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, we've booked this place. No um, and like, we offered to pay him more money to stay. And he's like, no, it's, it's not. I just don't want to be here. I'm, I'm going. I wow. think he quit very soon after. So he had nothing to lose. I see. Um, that's nuts. But yeah, he just <laughs> refused to stay any longer. I was like, I'm not even. not having a good day. That's a shame. But no. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of well-timed because I remember the stream just ran out of data. Oh. So... Yeah, you're still doing your 3G, 4G streams, weren't you? That wasn't me. We got Smash House in for that one. Okay. Gotcha. Well, how come? Because that was... It seems like for a lot of, like, your career... Like streaming has been the thing that you normally took hold of. So how come it was a Smashbox thing instead? So the thing with streaming is I did it because I had a vague interest in it and like scraps of equipment from when I would like record stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but primarily it was like, oh, I just want to like we're doing this cool thing. We're doing a weekly. We're doing a crew battle. Let's record it. You know, like mm -hmm. we might as well. Um, yeah. And. We would, I would just record our own events. Like I was never trying to be a streamer. That wasn't the point of doing it. Oh, uh, it was just okay. there. There were no streamers, right? Yeah. And so I've got streaming equipment. We're doing a tournament. Makes sense to stream it, right? Yeah. Um, it's a classic come... story, right? Of Smash, where you just yeah. pick up a role because of the necessity. Yeah. Very few people in esports get into it on purpose, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, so. <laughs> but yeah, so. Up until I think Smashbox 2, I was just running the stream for all of them. But Smashbox 2 was such like a high scale event. I was like, I need to focus on TOing for this one. Okay. I can't run the stream um, and TO. And also like Smash House were like, they were they were trying to be the UK streamer at the time. Yeah. So not only did they have better quality than me, but like I wanted to support that, right? Like yeah. we needed a streamer. For real. So let, let's get him. I remember they even did like fundraising, a bunch of people chipped in for like new cameras and stuff like that because they just yeah. really wanted to like push streaming around the UK. And yeah, they were sort of doing sort of what Phoenix Smash became, right? Going around yeah, the country and at least the early days of Phoenix Smash where you'd go around the country and stream events from all around the, you know, for Melee and stuff oh. like that. 
Yeah, so I think because obviously they they stopped doing their thing, mm -hmm. and then I like kind of started picking up from them, and then Big Good happened at the same time. Yeah. Um, but then Big Good quit, and then there was just kind of this hole where people at this point had got used to streams, and they got used to having their events streamed. Um, and they were like, well, I, I guess we just asked Chase then. He's the only other person <laughs> yeah. with a capture card. Yeah. Um, I think at the time I'd done a few SCRs as well, like literally because uh, I wanted to go to SCR, and I was like, yeah. well, I can fit a stream in my backpack. So I just took it. I was like, hey, do you want a stream set up? Or it was a recording set up, I think, at the time. I said, like, do you want me to just set this up on a setup and we can record all the games? Mm -hmm. So we did that. Um, and then they, on the next event, were like, oh, do you want to come back and do it again? Um, but other than, like, Coventry and Southampton, <laughs> that's all I was streaming. That's interesting, I, like, back. because yeah. I remember, like, for the longest time, like, that's the type of thing you do, right? You just go around to events. And you would have, would you have streamed SCR for free? I'm guessing you would have. I think I got free entry for it. Okay. Um, but... You like, didn't you didn't like take a quote and be like this is how much I'm being paid. Yeah, I definitely like didn't get paid for it or get any travel paid for. Yeah. That, but I was going to the tournament anyway. Yeah. The stream was secondary. There was no like I didn't need to update scores. It was pretty much just equipment for the most mm -hmm. part, right? Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting that you took it upon yourself then. I guess it was just would you say like it was your interest in it or was it just like circumstantial where um, you just both. Like I said, something. I had the equipment, and I maybe I was trying to learn how to do it better as well. I don't remember, but yeah, I just was like, well, I can take it if it's in a bag. Okay. Um, and with no this one else have, is there. Would this have been like while you were still doing the Coventry TOing? I'm guessing, because yeah, I think SCR ended like way before you were done at Coventry, right? Yeah, this is back when I was doing horrible. Coventry to Southampton is not. Not a good trip. Oh, you actually did that trip? Not at all. I would have Not thought, may all. oh, maybe it's like during the holidays and you were coming from London or something like that. But no, you were actually so Sometimes I would like come to London the night before. Oh, yeah. Um, to make it easier. But even like when I didn't, the route was usually better to go via London. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's that's um, so messed up in this country, man. Because London's such a central hub, right? And so yeah. you can't just go from like one place to another place. You have to go like through London. Um but yeah, so... I used to make like a weekend out of it. I'd crash at my friend's house in Portsmouth, and we'd just hang for that weekend. Nice. Yeah. So... I've been around Portsmouth a couple. Do you do you ever go? Actually, I guess I didn't have e-scooters. What I did was like me and my friends. We would just like mm. go on our e-scooters throughout like the whole of the coast, you know. But right. Yeah, I don't know why I'm saying this because it's clearly not an experience you share. But no, no. That is actually. Yeah, it's we, actually we good. did walk around the coast a lot. Good times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to see. Actually. It's a crystal time, so it's not really that much to see, but yeah. I know they have like Woody. I took a picture with Woody. And, like... Is that where that was? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was in Portsmouth. That was in Portsmouth, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I, I, For me, the times I've done that, I'm going to pro probably do that a few times. I just stay at home in London and like eat my mom's cooking, and it's really nice because I get to see it. I get to taste it for the first time. And, not have to just eat pasta and pesto at uni. So, yeah, I advise going home if you're someone who likes to travel and lives in London. But yeah, so um, I forgot where we even were. So yeah, that's where it was, it was like the nascent days of the Phoenix Smash Dream. Um, I guess, what was the transition to like, because Equinox is like the final send-off sort of for Coventry-based Phoenix Smash events. So what yeah, was that Yeah, like? it wasn't meant to be. We were meant to do a second one. It had like a pre, it had a suffix suffix that's the one that comes after right yeah um yeah 
because it was yeah equinox ember because it was in the kind of was it spring and then we were meant to do one in the the winter to be honest it was sort of it was march i think right if i remember correctly i might be wrong (laughs) i think we were aiming to try and get it on the equinox oh wow okay yeah that's sort of borderline time i think yeah 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 um but yeah then we just kind of all moved away (laughs) from commentary and it became impractical to run tournaments there Mm -hmm. um so yeah to be was kieran told me equinox ice but i always thought it was meant to be equinox glacier you know because i'm pretty sure it was gonna be a bit more abstract than just ice. i'm pretty sure it wasn't that i um i i think we all have a different joke name for it i think ice was one of the more common joke names i like frost as my joke name okay um there was a bunch of silly ones but mm-hmm. yeah equinox ember by the way uh i remember the work we put into the production for that one it was like the first stream we actually like tried to actually make a nice stream mm-hmm. so, like if you look at that one the overlays animated and stuff um mm-hmm. it's just a lot of fun stuff that we we put into that one it's yeah i remember i remember i mean i was there in person but i did watch back the stream and so mm-hmm. yeah i remember was it the transitions that w- were animated i think I feel like we had an animated transition, but I yeah. don't remember what it was. Okay, fair enough. And that sort of speaks to more of like, again, that seems like a... Because even today, like, your sort of role is in production, stuff like that, with the Team Fate stuff, that's something you take a big hold on. So do you feel mm. like that was, like, important for you in terms of the later things? I mean, I'm sort of just asking, like, these typical interview questions, but I guess it must have been important, right? When you were sort of building those skills and other things that you look back and you see that you're doing like not that great and then you're doing amazingly now or do you sort of give yourself credit for what you were doing back then um i mean with all of these things it's like an iterative process right Mm. so it's i don't really remember my thought process at the time but i definitely remember being like oh we need to step up our quality for the next event and then at the event you realize that things are wrong and then you fix it at the next event and it just kind of sequentially improves all the time right Mm -hmm. and then obviously now as i'm more into the actual whole production side of things and i've like looked into what makes a real production um that's where things shoot up right mm-hmm. you can do a lot of cool things um as yeah like you said with fate we've been doing a lot more conventional production things mm-hmm. um and you saw and by yeah. then you'd been working with like boz right and you would brought more people on to like build it into something bigger right I think we bought Boz on for Smashbox, but yeah. that was about it. I've got this actually, a little picture to represent your more professionalization. Um, I'll put it on stream because you made these little sort of, let me put it on stream, I'll send it to you as well. So you made these little business cards, right? Didn't you? The air, the air business cards. <laughs> oh, so you ha- you handed these out at air? We handed these out at air. That's amazing. <laughs> that was the point. So yeah, we were running, we were planning this tournament. Okay. Um, and then we were like, let's get, let's get everyone. Like Europeans will be there, yeah. all of the country will be there. Let's just hand these cards out. Okay. Um, shout out to the Eight Bit Planet sponsor on there. I forgot about that. They provided plushies, I think, for the Ami bracket winners. Maybe. Oh, was that not? Um, was the, I know Sleepy Wifey did that bunch, didn't she? Uh, she did that afterwards. I think we were okay. in touch with Eight Bit first. Okay. Yeah, they they did a they supported quite a few events in the scene. Okay. Back then. But yeah, so there was this sort of development and uh, professionalization, and you pushed yourself a lot, is what I've heard. I remember, you, I remember a specific quote I got from Kieran that you might have said 
was um, let me try and fill it up right now. Oh um, we were great at pushing ourselves and our events further than we had any right to. It's something you said at Pretty the time. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, and like, so, yeah, go on. As I say, like no one needed that level of like what we were going for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We'd always do things that we were kind of like it would be cool though. Um, yeah, yeah. You can kind of still see elements of that now in some of the dumb stuff I do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was always like this won't like the the input output is not worth it. The the work you put in is not worth what comes out. But at the end of the day, that's what running a special tournament is. Yeah, pretty much. So you're not going to get like financial reward or anything out of it. Yeah, but so yeah, I suppose for something like for um, you know people that might be running things today, and I've we've got Yanawa in chat who's trying to do his little thing in Southampton now. Um, I suppose like what type of investment would you have, would you guys have like put into um, what's it called into Team Phoenix at the time? I know Kieran told me that you guys put a lot of um, effort, as I just said, a lot of money into it to sort of build it into something bigger. Um, yeah, so at the time, I remember Kieran would just like weekly weekly trips to the charity shop, uh, the British Heart <laughs> Foundation in Coventry. Yeah, you got new CRTs? Okay, yeah, we'll take them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I bought a few, but he definitely bought the the lion's share of the CRTs. Yeah. you don't need to worry about that so much now because the UK has a big collection of CRTs. Yeah, um, and you can just get those. But the uh, yeah, back in the day, it was. Just CRTs in Kieran's house that we just buy at the charity shop or just find at the tip or whatever. Yeah. Um, that was probably the big investment. And then I remember buying uh, the, the first like stream investment we made was uh, the broadcast headsets. Okay. I remember trying to convince Kieran to let me buy them. I was like, look, we've got some budget from the last <laughs> event. It, it will be so good. Just let me buy them. We just need the, and it was like, it must have been like what? 250 quid or something? Yeah. Which is like, pretty, it was a lot of money for us at the time. I was like, look, but trust me, it'll be good. And then we, we streamed that event, and he's like, yeah, okay, fine. Are those the same headsets that you use, like, nowadays, James? It's the one I'm wearing right now. No way! Uh, not the same one. This is, I actually had them refurbished the other okay. day. Um, so, but this is the refurbished model of the no ones way. I just got. that's actually nuts. Um, they're great. Yeah. Um, I'm even still using the same mixer. And actually, I bought refurbished that one, too. Literally over lockdown, it broke. Okay. Um, but it lasted me that long. That's actually amazing, yeah. Wow, I didn't expect you to literally be wearing something from back then right now. Yeah. Well, that is actually yeah, yeah. nuts. Um, but yeah, I suppose that sort of talks to the time that you had TOing. I suppose another thing that Phoenix was doing back then was you sort of dipped into a bit of sponsorship. So what can you tell me about the sponsorship and the broadening of Team Phoenix in that regard? Sponsorship is in, in terms of players? or Yeah, in terms of... I mean, wait, you didn't do other, any other types of sponsorship, did you? I wasn't sure if you meant, like, our events, because we had, like, oh, Planet. Oh, with, like, Bubba, dominoes and stuff like that. People never really did, yeah. Yeah, actually, um, yeah, that's kind of unique, isn't it? Because I remember splitting a pizza with Sean. Actually, there's a bit of a story, because... <laughs> because me and Sean, we'd already agreed, like, to get this pizza. But I think the deal for um, uh, you guys was, like, it was like a buy one, get one free that we got at Domino's, yeah. right? And so we were like, oh, we need to find two other people who are interested in getting this pizza with us. And so we asked Aiken beforehand, um, oh, would you like to get this buy one, get one free pizza? And you can split it with someone else. And um, he was like, yeah, sure. And so we're looking around, scouting for someone. And so Aiken had just played like Archie, right? And 
um, he like he beat he beat Aiken, and Aiken was like totally devastated by this loss, and he was just like, <laughs> as a lot of people at Smash tournaments are, they just sit around by themselves, like not talking to anyone, and so we had to be like. Archie, you interested in pizza? And he was like, yeah, I'm really interested in pizza. And me and Sean, because obviously I can't eat like meat pizzas at Domino's, right? Because it's not halal. So me and Sean... chicken pizzas. Really? used to be halal. Yeah. Okay. Well, there wasn't chicken in a meat feast. In a meat feast. And Archie wanted a meat feast. Me and Sean were already splitting our veggie volcano. Mm -hmm. But Archie was like, yeah, I want a meat feast. And we were like, okay, Archie, we need to go talk to Aiken. (laughs) He's just over there after you've beaten him and like agreed um, on the pizza that you want to eat with him. And so he did that. And like, yeah, that was super good for us. I actually loved that Domino's deal. And so the original Domino's deal was better, by the way. It was originally 50% just off anything. So you go in and get from the menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like, um, yeah, you could get, you just walk in, get chicken wings at 50% price. Mm -hmm. Like anything you wanted at 50%. Are you just like flash your controller at them to show that you were really? Um, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, they <made. laughs> But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Carry on. You, you, you actually, people showed like the GameCube controller as like a sort of I don't think they pendant. actually cared, but that, that was okay. the key. Yeah, yeah, that was the I'm I'm with them. That's actually so hype. What was I going to say? I forgot, um, what was it? Um, yeah, because for me, you, go, you guys gave us like the menu or something. And you were like, yeah, take mm. this and you have to show them this. I don't know if there's something written on the menu or something. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been so hyped to just like dang like I was hypnotizing them into giving me like 50 percent off or something. <laughs> but yeah, and so Bubble Boba, I'm no because I've got a couple friends. My brother goes to country as well. It's like this little mm. shop opposite the box, right? I think it's yeah. also in what's it called Fargo Village, and mm-hmm. they have like um, GameCube set ups there as well, right? Where you can just play Marika, I think, or just yeah, they do. To. They at one point had, uh, they got a Phoenix jersey that they have really? up on the wall. I don't know, if, I doubt it's still there. No way, it might one. be there. What, what reason would they have, to, not gonna lie, Chase, what reason would they have to put it up? So what reason would they have to, put, to take it down now? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, wait, um, was, did they do that because of the sponsorship? or? Well, I mean, I think they just really kind of liked us. Really? You know, we, were, like... we just had a really good relationship with them. Yeah. I wish I liked Bubble Tea at the time. I love it now, <laughs> but at the time I did not like it. So what was the, what was the Bubble Boba sponsorship? Did you get, just get like, uh, That was also just, yeah, that 50%. was just buy one, get one free, I think. Okay. Uh, or 50%. I can't remember. Yeah, that's Because again, enough. did not care for the Bubble Tea. Yeah, that's fair uh, enough. No, that's actually so cool. So, yeah, that's something I don't really see much at all nowadays. Hmm. I suppose. I tried everything... so hard to get a Kababra sponsorship. I... For, for who? For who? <laughs> For, um, for one of the Smashboxes, I was going to go in and just get, like, get <laughs> either a mad good discount on like the burgers or the wings or something. But we got close, but we never quite figured it out. So would it, would it be you that would be doing that type of thing? Or would it be you uh, and Kieran? It was both or... of us. I think Kieran okay. sorted out Bubble Boba. I think he sorted out Red Bull. We also had a friend who worked. Um, he, he was like the, you know how Red Bull have student, um, I forget the word for it. But uh, they have students who basically work for them. Oh, uh, like sort of influence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was so it we had one of those student reps or something, student commercial. I don't yeah, know, pretty something much. Like that. Yeah. So he, we knew him through gaming sock. Um, so he helped us like get a bunch of Red Bull cans and a massive Red Bull speaker to the venue. Okay. Um, so there have been I, Red Bull influences before even like Omid started getting it. <laughs> Red Bulls always sort of just want a little piece of melee, haven't they? <laughs> but yeah, that's actually hype. No, I think I can actually get a picture of that because, um, not gonna lie, this Jack Verdun guy, you probably know him, Verd. Um, 
You're probably not watching the stream, so I hope I hope you don't feel bad that I'm showing you all pictures. That's like their watermarks and credit yeah. rate. I That's think like... so, yeah. I hope there's not like a fee that I'm meant to be paying or something. <laughs> there might be. I mean, I suppose I'll have to dip into the vast sharp engine budget um, if I it. have to. But let me try and get it up. Um, so, yeah. So they they had... This is also from uh, Smashbox. A little bit of... So that's not just a massive Red Bull can. You can see the little Red Bulls poking up at the top. That's a fridge. I, it's not a freezer. It's a fridge, right? It's a fridge. Um, I think. Yeah. It might have just been a container. Maybe. I'm pretty sure it's a fridge. <laughs> yeah. They don't have anything that looks like this. They have like those high-tech, esports-looking, futuristic fridges. I can't that remember. We might have had one of these at Fate, but usually it is fridges now. Oh, yeah. I do remember one at Fate. Yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. So... Yeah, that's sort of interesting that you guys seem to be running quite an entrepreneurial outfit there. We just wanted to do something cool. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, if you're bringing people to Coventry, you've got to try hard. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not an easy sell. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I sort of understood. Like, when I went to Coventry for the first time from London, I was like, mm. yeah, I can understand this. There's inequality in the UK. <laughs> it's kind of a bit grim, I can't lie. But yeah, it's it's really sick what, you're, what you guys were able to accomplish there. And I think it sort of gives a model to you know, a lot of people out of uni who are sort of trying to build their scene. Or to be honest, in general, the sort of idea of having a partnership and bouncing ideas off each other and, you know, trying not to shoot down anything and, you know, working with what works is really, what's it called? It gives a model, inspirational even. So, yeah. Moving on then, I suppose, um, you moved back to London, right, after your degree. Um, and I suppose that was the next big period of TOing activity you had. I tried to get in contact with some people. Um, Nebs gave me a little bit. He said that um, while you were in London, you were one of the leads, like along with, you know, Omid and Archie yeah. and uh, Silas and Nebs. Was that broadly the team? I'm not forgetting anyone, am I? That was yeah, like... I think Silas would have joined later, but I don't remember if that's true. I just remember him being a baby when we first met. Yeah. So I can only assume that he joined later. Yeah. But yeah. I remember that being like the North London set. Actually, wait, we we can... We, we didn't speak about... I, we spoke about half of this one shit, so we didn't get to speak about the other one. This is not <laughs> the smoothest transition, but um, yeah. So I put... <laughs> speaking about Silas, I guess, he was a member of Team Phoenix, right? Um, yeah. So he was one of the sponsorship sponsored players going back to that um did they did him and bombo because i know bombo ends up having his like uh some of his like travel paid for and stuff like that was that sort of the same thing so across what you guys did with or? bombo it was basically i remember talking to kieran i think it was at air um and we were just like you know nathan's our mate he's got a lot of potential but mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure at the time he was like too broke to travel mm -hmm. or whatever. So we were like, look, he could do really well if we get him to places. Mm -hmm. um, bobbling legal, of course. Yeah. Um, so we're like, what? you know, it wouldn't take that much money to get him to a couple of events. If he reps the team, gets our name out too. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't so much like an investment to get our name out there. So much more as like helping our mate who we could see who was going to do well. Mm -hmm. um, and it worked. I mean, he was PR like the next season. Yeah, um, he was. I think he peaked at like twelfth or thirteenth, right? Yeah, that's um, pretty high. And then you have people like Silas, who was like, you know what? Just let me be Team Phoenix. It'll be hilarious. It'll wind everyone up. <laughs> I have never paid Silas a penny, and he's been subscribed <laughs> yeah. for months. 
So you made more money off him, pretty much. I, I remember the meme. I remember. The, I don't know if it was the case for Omid as well, who ended up picking up. But the meme was that you just got like a couple slices after like an event or something. If you remember, oh yeah, Steve yeah. Because yeah. we used to get we used to get free pizza at Xfed. Mm -hmm. Um, that was like our little deal for streaming the the weekly. Nice. Um, so yeah, I used to donate my my slices to my sponsored players. Nice, <laughs> nice. So and was that similar with Omid, or was that a more serious thing, or? Um, no, it's pr pretty similar. I mean, it was like, hey, just let me rep the brand. It'll be great. And then he got the Red Bull nice. job. So. <laughs> no, that was a bit short-lived then, I guess. But, yeah, so moving on, I guess. Um, we were talking about you. You're part of, part of that North London set of mm. TOs who were sort of uh, running Merc, and you were heavily engaged with, like, streaming the weeklies every, every week, pretty much. Still are. Um, um, and so, yeah, how you were sort of... Um, What's it called? You and... So what Nebs told me was that you and Lolo were the only ones with experience of running something that big in terms of Merked. Um Because it was similar size to what you guys were doing with Smashbox at Equinox Amber, mm. right? It was just hovering above that 100-player mark, around that 128-player cap. So what was that sort of experience like, joining in with them and running, trying to run something big? Um, I mean, for the most part, it was incredibly natural like they're all pretty good at toing <laughs> and they're all pretty like easy to talk to right so lolo having done loads like lolo carried london um and, it was yeah. him was he he didn't make he was what was he running he wouldn't make kickstart right that was biatarog right that was biatarog um i think lolo hosted the weeklies back with her mm -hmm. he started in LLL, right yeah yeah um, and there was also the House of Hype, which is just at his house. Oh, yeah. Um, of course. And he did, um, what was that one? The one at the Fanatic Bunker, I forgot what it was called. Raid. Raid, that was it. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he was a big figure in terms of actually just making that consistent. Because he made the uh, move to X-Fed as well, didn't he? I actually don't remember who found X-Fed. I thought I think, that was BR Tarog. Um, I think BR Tarog was running Kickstarter out of there. But I think Lolo was the first one to actually. Might have been to the move first the weekly one there. to move the weekly there to speak to yeah, us yeah, and be like, sure. "Yeah, sure. this is Probably. what we want to do in terms of LLL." But um, yeah, LLL, which is still running strong, so he would have started the first one, and now we're on two hundred and five, two hundred six. The next one, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is crazy. We're no longer in the warehouse, I guess, but it's still no. crazy that's still going. But yeah, so you see, feel like it was pretty easy transition through yeah everything just kind of it helped being in like london as well right london mm -hmm. had a huge scene people were willing to come to london mm -hmm. people like were friends with a lot of the tos as well so they were willing to just come down people nice. love lolo yeah you know um, a lot of people so love it, lolo yeah um yeah there's a much easier sell we had all the crts um the venue was cool like i know people is it's hit and miss what you feel about <laughs> yeah. the warehouse but like I, I i loved it like they had all the crts they had the giant projector they have the sound system at a stage yeah. for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know? we we, there was quite a few things I was running. I mean, I suppose I, I suppose I did say like Merc was the first time they run something that big, but we had like a hundred people at the first new wave as well, didn't we? Which first? New wave came after Merc, I think. I think new wave I one might have, might have got come them first. Maybe. I think maybe maybe maybe. I might be wrong there. No, I think new wave one was like early. Was like summer twenty seventeen, and I think Merc one was like. December 2017, if I got that right. 
Yeah, I, I, I have merked one at December 2017. But that, yeah, that was also a solid um, ser set of like big uh, events. So it merked, mm. merked one 77 entrance, merked two 107, merked three 109, merked four 108. And yeah, they're all hovering around 100. So that's pretty solid string of success against you, Chase, I suppose. Yeah, that was actually another thing you I completely forgot. The the magical 100 number. Mm -hmm. uh, we were one of the first teams to break it. I think it was Air, Kickstart, and then us in the wow. UK. Okay. Um, so, like, Air, fair enough, you can't compete with that, and Kickstart yeah. is in London and way older than us, you know? Yeah. Um, so for us to just come about and be like, okay, cool. Do it, in do it in Coventry. Yeah, that's so nuts. That's so nuts when you think about that as well. Yeah, that's actually quite an achievement. Um, but yeah, Myth, Myth, like, Myth is great as well because it has like every event has had like special guests or a little twist or something, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Merc, you're on about, you mean? Sorry, I do mean uh, yeah. Merc. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> no, Myth has thinking... a couple of special guests as well. But... Well, yeah, Myth, Myth definitely carried the the spirit of Merc, you know? Mm -hmm. um, new venue, a bit more esports, but it, it, it still tries to do that every event we do. Uh, Something, something a little different, you know? Yeah. And in terms of your organizational role, uh, just again, um, would you say, because I know you were very, you're more focused, you're leaning towards being more focused back then in the Phoenix, in the Coventry days on the stream thing. Do you feel like mm. you were way more focused on the stream thing when you were working in London and you left the, the rest of the organizational stuff to the rest of them? Or what type of thing did you do back then? So I think back then I would have heavily focused on organization until like the day or the week, like just a few days before it, hmm. where I would have put all my effort into the stream. But I think, yeah, actually, no, I, I did a side stream at New Wave 1 and then everything after that, I was yeah, still the mainstream. So, yeah, I guess I would have slowly started shifting my efforts into production. But hmm. also, like, the more you do an event, like if you can do a hundred person event once you can do it a hundred times you know what i mean like nice. if you come yeah. out of it doing well like it's not too hard to copy paste the formula and change you obviously change things you fly out people you do cool things like that mm -hmm. but like it becomes incredibly autopilot yeah like myth currently has was it 90 signups and it's yeah. in a wait month. does it actually is it I didn't know uh, that. 80 or 90, I think. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely up there. I know it. I didn't. I didn't realize it got that. Yeah, myth. Too I might. Long. I might have just completely picked the number out. Of I wouldn't be guy. surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, it's on but, 84 attendees right now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, um, that's really sharp. <laughs> because it would just it just hit 64 like the other like last week, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a lot um, of interest in myth. And we've not even really advertised it. Like that's yeah. the crazy thing. I guess like people are hungry now and the scene's doing better than ever. Especially. But, there's not too many things like, right now, to be honest. As much yeah. as there used to be. But um, Yeah. But the other thing is like once you've once you do a big tournament, if people enjoyed it, they'll come back. It gets mm. easier every time. Like it only yeah. gets harder when you do something crazy like scale up or try something new. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And in terms of what you said about focusing on the organizational side, um, I suppose people who might be know might have like had experience running tournaments might know what that's like. But for people who are new to the scene or just haven't had that experience, what does that sort of mean? If you could give a like short outline of that. Okay, sure. I guess for the most part, it's scheduling because you need to not only schedule your tournament to run vaguely on time, mm -hmm. but um, like it's 
a bit easier now with just melee, but like back when there was PM and stuff, you'd have to make sure people didn't clash between games. Mm -hmm. um, or whatever. So a lot of stuff like waving, uh, which kind of translates now. I still do that, but it's like commentary schedules. Okay. You know? yeah. But it's still making sure that commentators aren't clashing. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's having a schedule that works pretty well. It's um, figuring out like logistically how are we going to set this up? Where do TVs go? Do we have mm -hmm. enough space? Where does power come from? Is this safe? Yeah. Where does internet come from? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so that, that's like the main logistic thing. Um, other than like, I wouldn't really count it as a logistic, but the only other big thing that goes into pre-event is like advertising, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, okay. So I suppose moving on from that, um, it's mostly your um, fate stuff, right? Because mm -hmm. I can't think of anything between what you would have done on Merked and LLLs. I suppose you did also stream the quarters, right? And you stream things around the country. I suppose, yeah. actually, maybe the biggest thing that you would have gone out there for, like, before the mm. pandemic, was going to Ireland to stream yes, Schism. Yes, 100%. Schism so was the biggest stream. What was that like? What was um, going and taking everything to a different country for the first time like? It was pretty cool. Um, it was before my stream setup was too convoluted. Okay. Um, Did you still have the actually, little stream deck which you pressed the buttons on? Or? I'm pretty sure I had the stream deck at the time, yeah. Okay. Um, remember, my laptop, during right before Schism, would randomly shut down okay. at any given moment. And <laughs> I didn't know if I had enough time to get it repaired. Mm -hmm. So we ended up taking a second laptop that had melee coming into it. Because if my laptop shuts down during capture, the way I used to do it, uh, your your TV goes off too. <laughs> really? Um, so, well, how? So we had a pretty how, funny wait, how does that actually happen? Like, why actually turns it off? Um, so the old setup, yeah. So the old setup was gameplay comes into capture card, gameplay comes out of capture card to TV. Oh, so I if the capture card loses power. The TV goes out. Okay. Would it have been um, like a blue screen? Now it's split before capture card. Because I remember the blue screen. The TV would have just turned off. Like flat The out. blue screen happens. Yeah, yeah, it just would have turned off. That's weird. Um, because why would losing the game feed actually like turn off the TV? Like, sorry. So you'd have to press sorry, a button. Yeah, it wouldn't, the, sorry. The TV would stay on. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. That was a bit silly of me to be honest. It seemed like it would actually switch off. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah. Um, but it's because yeah, back then, like the way to get quality, and that was another thing. Um, I feel like my stream definitely had some of the highest quality capture for the time. Mm. Um, and it's again because I convinced Kieran to let me buy a capture card that I really wanted. Right. Um, was that um? What would have that been? Was it like a black magic thing or because that's I know... the intensity show? I still use okay. it. Okay, so that's something that you um, installed in your actual PC, or is that? No, it's an external one? capture card. Okay. It's an external one, um, but it is really good at handling composite and component signals. Most capture cards just do HD, or okay, if they do yeah. composite, they're really bad, um, which is why most people will stick their composite into a converter, like a FrameMeister thing, which gives them HDMI out of that instead. Mm -hmm. Most people still do that, to be honest, mm -hmm. but um, I, I love my show. It does the job. Yeah. Um, the only problem is, yeah, back in the day, component in and then composite out right because tvs most of them don't take component um, which meant the box was doing a lot of the conversion okay. um but that's why it would just kill the tv 
Um, whereas okay. now I'm just I'm happy to just use lower quality capture because we have Slippy. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> now now I can just split, not care about it. It's actually it. so it's easy now. nowadays with Slippy as well. Like half the time you don't even have to. What's it called? You don't even have to use that many. You don't have to have a capture card full stop, right? Ah, um, wow. So you can just sort of straight up stream it, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> Because, for sure, uh, it definitely helps having a capture card. Yeah, you can get like the cheap. You can go get yourself a dazzle for like a tenner. Yeah, it's good enough. And you can show like the character select screen and stuff like that because you don't have any other option to do that otherwise, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But Slippy comes with a feature that lets you, when the game ends, cut to capture card feed instead of oh, yeah. game, instead of Slippy. No feed. wonder it's so smooth. The whole time I thought, oh, Chase must just be like pressing like change scene or something like that. But it's super smooth. This transition, right? If you watch LLL, mm -hmm. um, because it's only a weekly and I take it a bit more chill, um, when the game ends, it automatically changes to the player cam. Player cam, yeah. Because I all I did was like the scene, normally, so you have like your slippy scene and then your capture card under it, mm -hmm. and you make the slippy scene turn transparent or rather invisible whenever the game's over. But I just have the entire scene of the whole overlay and everything. And that turns invisible to reveal the cameras underneath. I it. see. Okay. Um, Wait. So do you have so the for... do you have the camera scene under the gameplay then? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So oh, yeah. that's weird. That's actually quite <laughs> weird. Shit, I got like. So you don't you don't have it on two separate scenes. You just have it on the same scene. I also have two separate scenes, but I haven't. Okay. I have a scene that will autom. So I have a manual control mode, which is okay. using the separate scenes. Yeah. But then I have one scene, which is, because uh, in OBS you can add scenes to your scenes. You can embed scenes. Oh. Okay. So I have a scene that has my player's scene and my overlay, like my main scene. So there's okay. only two sources in it. Um, and then you just flicker it. But it's just the magic of Slippy, which back in the day, yeah. it, was, it was not, <laughs> it was so much work. Yeah, you mean before Slippy? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, these are sort of high level techniques that an experienced streamer can sort of work out, I guess. It's a little technical insight for you guys. But so, yeah, what was it like? taking everything over was did the people from schism reach out to you was that something that you were offering at the time yeah so this was schism two or th three right yeah schism, schism three. three yeah i'm pretty sure yeah because they had big good at schism two and then obviously they disbanded mm -hmm. so again it falls to me <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. this is kind of the secret to my success be the only person available <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, so they, they hit me up. I packed everything in two suitcases, took it on a plane. Uh, didn't get stopped by security on the way there, only on the way back. But oh, they man. couldn't scan my bag because a mixer blocked everything inside of it. Really? Uh, okay. But yeah, it was. It went really, really well. Uh, first time streaming Ultimate, I think. Yeah. Um, but even that it was good. Yeah, I remember Larry Lur turned up for that one randomly, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And you think, like, being a top... Uh, it was Smash 4 at the time, actually, not Ultimate, right? Or was it Ultimate? It was Ultimate. It might have been Ultimate. Wait. I think it was Ultimate. Yeah, because when did Ultimate come out? I think was I remember the theme 2018? tune. 2018. Okay. Uh, no <laughs> it was burned um, into, into your mind. That's it. Okay, yeah. But, like, you think that... I mean, then again, melee top players are no better. So there's no way that Ultimate top players are any smarter. But oh, no. he, during, like, right before his set started, he plugged his headphones into the Switch, which... Oh. Okay. Which roots the audio into the headphones, so it stopped going to the TV. It stopped going to the stream. Oh, just... day. <laughs> wow! You, like, surely you know not to plug it. <laughs> There's literally a headphone jack. What? 
Did you have one, like a separate there one? There was one coming out the TV, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit nuts that you did that. Wait, so you had that set up for Ultimate as well. Is that something that you just plug into the TV then? Um, because what, I know, the stream? No, because have you done splitters like that in the past with people that want to play with headphones or...? Uh, the TV itself has a headphone jack, so you, oh, just, okay. need to, you just need to put gotcha, an extension gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Larry Lowe, man. <laughs> <laughs> but he was great fun on the night out. After yeah, that, I heard. So. I heard, like, apparently Brandon told the story where he had a drink bought for him, and then at the end of the mm. bar, it was just, like, Larry Lowe going, like, yeah, it was me. <laughs> it's like, hello. Like, he was like, oh, who paid for my yeah. drink? And he was like, that guy over there. And it's just like, they like Larry, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's sort of cool. So, I'm, I don't know. Do you have a... Going around and streaming all over the world. I mean, all over Europe, I guess. Um, do you have a particular tournament that stands out, like, that you sort of enjoyed? Um, yeah, or sort of... Actually, here's a more interesting question. What was the more sort of, like, chaotic moment in terms of running a stream? Out, out of oh, I mean, everything's chaotic. Okay. Everything's chaotic. <laughs> like, I'm... Not so much like I, I'm simplifying everything as much as I can nowadays, but there's there's always issues behind the scenes. Like if you see a small problem on stream, chances are there's something horrible happening on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like it, streaming is ninety percent of the time hiding all of the mess that's really happening at the tournament. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, um, be that camera angle so you can't see how awful the venue really is. Yeah, or like. Yeah. Um, kind of jank cable solution so you, to fix the fact that either a cable got forgotten or broke on the day mm -hmm. or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So th there's always a bit of chaos. I think probably actually, now that you said it, yeah, Merked 2 or 1, I forget which one of the Merked it was. Okay. Uh, if you go watch the VODs on those, the quality is awful because the capture card just was not working. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, was that the one you were asking around? Did that happen where someone asked around if there was an alternative capture card about? I don't or remember am I coming that up happening. With that? Okay, fair enough. I, I'm not sure. Um, but it's more that the intensity shuttle... I don't know. It seems to be like... I think it needs to accept you as a person. Because <laughs> everybody struggles with it when they first get it. And then it just starts working like a dream. And you didn't change anything. I see. Uh, <laughs> It just, it, yeah, yeah. It just needs to, it becomes it one with get you, used yeah. to you. And, but like, yeah, it would just randomly decide, nope, I don't want to work today. And it didn't help that it doesn't really like Power Melee. Okay. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't dislike Power Melee. <laughs> uh, or rather, I think VMix, which is my streaming software at the time, didn't really like Power Melee. But the okay. catch card's okay. Gotcha. Uh, just that whole series of weirdness. Um, and I got a solution in the end because that, that's what I do. But mm -hmm. that, that, I remember being a pretty nightmare scenario. Okay, fair enough. I suppose, um, yeah, so nowadays, what sort of is that process for you in terms of, like, getting approached by someone to run their stream? And what would you do? Would you give them a quote or would you look... I mean, nowadays, do you look to get paid for your streaming or is it just sort of case by case or... Would you sort of do um, in that regard? So, yeah, I generally try and, like, do cost price for anything that's, like, a first event. Okay. Um, and normally I will take a loss on, like, someone's first event anyway. Okay. Just because, like, like I was saying earlier, like, the first event's the hardest, right? No one knows who you are. No one knows the event's going to be good. Yeah. So having a stream already entices people. 
uh, and people watching the stream can be enticed to come next time. Like, yeah, it's a good like, way of getting your name out. Yeah, like having the sh having your tournament streamed brings it like people who didn't know it was happening will be like, oh, this is on. Where is it? Oh, that's not too hard for me to get to. You mm -hmm. know. So I will try and like um, do cost price or slight loss or whatever for thingy. Um, but that's like, it's melee. Like I'm never gonna make actual money streaming melee. Yeah. I will for any like established events. I will like um, make a small profit margin on it because that's how I buy equipment with the with the uh, subs and like small profit margins I make on that. But for the like, UK travel sucks, man. Do you yeah, know how much a tough. train costs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Um, it's very hard to. <sighs> to charge an amount of money where I don't just break even mm -hmm. and also I don't break the TO's bank because I know the exactly. TO's are, the struggle's real for them too yeah you know um I so suppose like, maybe if you're like more of an established series then you've got like maybe some money that carries over that you can sort of spend on little bits and bobs yeah exactly so, and also like as you start investing in things you end up saving more of your small proceeds from the last event right mm. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, like I, I don't do melee for the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, melee is a hundred percent. I like, if I don't, if I stop streaming melee, someone else will have to figure it out very quickly, or we will have a small, a quick, you know, the dark yeah. age where there's uh, no streams for yeah, a while. Massive. I'm sure people will because it's easier than ever. Mm -hmm. But you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm streaming melee because I want this game to be huge. I want our scene to be huge. Um, and like, if you look at LLL as well, um, there was a huge spike in LLL entrance from when I started streaming it. Like 50 upwards, they started like hitting 30 for consistently for a while. Okay, is this um, around called... the 2018 time or? Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Okay. Um, so like, I, I kind of almost know I have a duty to stream the events. So it's not about that. But like, to put it into comparison, <laughs> oh, no. over like, yeah. over like lockdown slash just after lockdown. I streamed a few like non smash things mm -hmm. and I'm pretty yeah. sure I made more money in that year than I've ever made in smash off like oh, a, off a handful of non smash events. Oh yes. Cause I heard you were doing that. Um, before the, um, what's it called before the, uh, quarter stream. Well, Megan was handling a quarter stream one day, right? And you were off streaming. I don't know what eSport it was, but it was some sort of eSport. It e was a quake invitational. Okay. Uh, it was a pretty huge event. It was their first LAN event, I think, in this game because the game came out over lockdown. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty huge stream. Um, I wasn't yeah, even. It, I didn't even have that sort of thing in mind. Actually, sorry, I cut you off there. Finish up, please. Just that, like that. That's the kind of event where, like, I don't. I I'll watch Quake. It's a fun game to watch, but <laughs> it's it's not my scene. So it's a I will charge game. you. I'll charge game. you my my actual rates for that one. Yeah, that's um, nice. It's nice that you're able to do that. It's nice that you're able to have like had the experience through melee at least, I guess. It's something yeah, you've got. No, hundred percent. Doing it through melee is like uh, I've done a lot of streams with Red Bull, um, and that's mainly because we did front runners there because Omid got me in to stream that, mm -hmm. and then it was like we need a streamer. <laughs> There's yeah. not many of them, um, and then they just ask if I can do it, and usually, usually I can. Yeah, that's so sick. I remember because. That's not even just a new experience. Like in terms of broader like melee people, I'm trying to find an image right now. But I remember Alpha Zelot. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it here. I'll share it with you. It's sort of hard to see because of the size of the text. But it's basically where a lot of 
American tiers ended up. I'll try and put it on the stream. Sorry for the Spotify listeners, but I'll try and talk <laughs> to you guys through it. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch. It's so, so oh, the norm. I remember seeing this. Yeah. It's so the norm that a lot of people in Smash end up like filtering their way into like esports careers. I'm guessing it's not as big a thing in EU if it even exists. I mean, I suppose you, you're getting your little um, like streaming things on the side, but um, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, a yeah thing if you look at this list, full time Smash, there's what four names here. Yeah. Um, and I think. Let me try and get this easier to see. Yeah, you can talk. You can talk us through it. Yeah, no, no, I was just trying to like. I I don't even know how much of this is still relevant. Like Crimson Blur is not really a freelance shoutcaster anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess um, so. No, I think that is what he's. No, I think that is might. Is that what be, he's currently doing? It might actually be because he's not employed right now. Um, I think he just sort of left Twitch and. Right. Um, like, yeah, he's just um, doing his own thing. Yeah, it's sort yeah, of hard to see on list, stream. But... There's four... oh, you can look at the color scheme, though, right? Just to get a yeah. big idea. There are four people on this, or five if you count both of the Loftons. Um, there are five people that have gone full-time in Smash. Yeah. It, it's, it's not... It's, not it's really hard to get into. Um, but then yeah. if you look at all the yellows, right? That's, that's what Smash really is. It's a gateway to esports and gaming. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these people manage to just, you know, do something for Smash and through connections they build through there, they do end up full-time doing similar things, right? Yeah, in esports. Um, yeah. And yeah, so yeah, this is like historically been known for so long, it's like the sort of pipeline. Like, even before a lot of these people, um, you know, even it's something worthwhile if you don't even end up in esports as a whole, like just putting on your CV that you're able to show the sort of, um, one second, let me get this off stream. The sort of organizational skills of, um, you know, running a tournament and mm. being, you know, managing an account for uh, a TO team that runs a series or something like that and getting a certain number of people and being able to market and stuff like, stuff like that. Sure. It's such an amazing skill set that you can develop through just doing that and really shows you to be like a sort of, you know, go-getter. And stuff for sure. like it's that. such a, like an easy thing to talk about like interviews and stuff as well mm -hmm. and it's like you've got tangible proof like i can say i ran this look here it is mm -hmm. um, wait wow kieran saying in chat that founding team phoenix got him his graduate job that's nuts actually booba asked as well um what the event was that you uh, ran. i'll quickly look it up what the game was, was um the guy that he's collecting the bag he's collecting but he doesn't even remember the game oh no Booba. Booba, <laughs> Booba i remember booba like he knew about it at the time because okay um what was it you know jabra's yeah he, i'm pretty sure like, he's a member he of team to... fate for people that are not aware right yeah so he he was watching the invitational um and he was like oh get me rafa's signature and i, I had no idea who rafa was apparently okay. he's a big big fps guy and then uh, he told boobar about it and Boobar was like what do you mean you didn't get rafa's signature <laughs> is he like the goat of like quake or he's like they're a martyr or something like that Possibly. Um, yeah, I, I, I have heard him described as the, the FPS goat. He, okay. he also won the tournament. He's very good. Okay, fair um, enough. Yeah, people asking me that in chat. It was called Iron Fist. Okay. And that was a Quake Champs event? Um, I don't I know don't, the name no, of these games. Oh, sorry, yeah, it was, it was Quake Champions. The new okay, one. gotcha. Um, also, kind of cool thing about that, I got to meet Ketchup, who was like one of my fighting game kind of like people that I'd watch on my come up. Okay. Um, was this, is he like a UK? 
he's a UK streamer or a player? Or... Uh, he was a player. Now he's kind of more on the influencer side of things. But he got second okay. at Evo for Mortal Kombat. So he's not bad. Wait, okay. Wait was this like... Wait, as in like yeah. the main Mortal Kombat game? Not like a side yeah, event or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that? Yeah, no, Mortal Kombat X at the time, I think it was. Okay. Um, That's nice. Like, yeah, it was kind of really random just to see, oh, who's hosting this? Ketchup! Like ketchup, ketchup. Yeah, I didn't What's know you could. Did I didn't know there were many people that UK people that had like fan fighting games. I've only heard of like Ryan Hart and Problem X, and those are like mm. the. Although Ryan Hart apparently he's like one of the goats of fighting games. Yeah, he is. Apparently, we've like... got Foxy Grandpa as well. He's he's oh he's yeah, a few a few breakout events. Of course. Yeah, but yeah, it's sort of a lot of heritage, a lot of people mixing about, and it's sort of yeah, yeah, it's so cool. But. Oh no, ketchup! Is he like the mustard and ketchup guy? Like yeah, those two it's, people. It's, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I remember them from Tekken. They're Tekken players, right? They, uh, they're Tekken and primarily, they were Mortal Kombat, but they've okay. done everything since then. Like, okay, gotcha. They, they probably are Tekken commentators. They commentate all fighting games at this point. No, actually, I think I saw them like a Tekken special that they did with like Ryan Hart training up a random guy and like nice. ketchup and mustard training and something like uh, commentated it at the end or something like that. But yeah, but yeah, that's so hype that you have been mixing around these other scenes. Because I was going to ask you about that earlier, because I know you ran... I didn't have this sort of extra quick streaming on my radar when I was like mm -hmm. planning this, but I know you did do the um, uh, fighting game tournaments. You did some DBFC streaming, right, in the warehouse. Mm -hmm. I remember yeah. Megan mentioned a tournament called Pinnacle. Was that what that was? Was that the DBFC tournament? Or no, was that something no. else? Oh, uh, we don't talk about Pinnacle. That was a Brawlhalla oh. tournament. No way! <laughs> you stream Brawlhalla shades? No way. Um, that was oh, like little, early days of Brawlhalla. Before, before it was big, I am a Bodva main. Yeah, I remember talking um, about this with you. This is like back in the back in the day day, you know? Like Really? This is how, a, far, this is... how, how, like, how, how far along are we talking? Uh, I'd have to figure out when it was. I, I cannot remember. But it was like Brawlhalla was still like pretty new. Um, Whoa, okay then. And, like, I remember, yeah, we got in touch with the devs. Uh, we ran this tournament. Uh, we got in touch with oh, the devs. Oh, wow, okay. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can have these, like, they had these, um, so you know in Brawlhalla you've got custom co colors for every character? There's a community color. Now I do, now I do. Uh, well, no, it's like alternate skins, like in Melee. Right? Oh, yeah, okay, um, gotcha. So you have, like, red, blue, black, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. And you unlock those, like, in-game currency. But you have community colors, which you can only earn. Um, okay. So they just gave us a bunch of community colors um, really? to give okay. out as prizes, and they were like pretty rare back in the day. And so, what um, would have this been with that? Would this have been when you were in London, or was this a Coventry thing? I think I did it in London, but I did it with a few of my other friends uh, okay. who just played a lot of Brawlhalla with me. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, that's. Mad. I, I wonder if VODs exist for that somewhere. They definitely do. Pinnacle. It was. It was funny because it was NACL because it was salt. That was the joke. Pinnacle. Okay. Um... Oh, okay, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. No, that's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's actually hype. But yeah, um, so yeah, I, the DBFC tournaments though, I remember there were a couple UK players that came, Foxy Grandpa came to that, right? And RMZ as well, and I forgot who else was, might have been notable back yeah, then. Yeah, there was a bunch of people there. But... Uh, there was a really funny moment with Foxy. Um, so... Someone, he got second in Mortal Kombat Evo, one of them, right? Yeah. Uh, and then my mate who was running the tournament with me, um, somebody, may have been me, may have been someone else, I don't actually remember, oh, mixed no. up Foxy's placement and told him that Foxy won the tournament. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So he went off and 
What so tell he, us, tell us. he's talking to Foxy and he goes, oh man, I didn't know we had an Evo champion in the oh, building. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> and then Foxy just goes, I got second. <laughs> and he goes, oh, oh, I mean, well, second's pretty good. He goes, I wish I got last. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Oh no. Poor Foxy, bro. But yeah, I, I mean, he's been around for a while, right? So he's got yeah. a... Reputable career, but yeah. I think he won that tournament. I can't remember. Oh, would there have been many like threats to him? I guess. Or there was um Ixe. Oh who yeah, of course. Actually, apparently, is an insane cheek in melee, um, but just I doesn't think like I the game. I've seen this. Yeah, they're Midlands, <sighs> right? Yeah, they're friends with How. I think. Yeah, I think this is how I've heard about them. But mm. yeah, okay, fair enough. But yeah, Ixe. Yeah. I remember running that tournament. Was cool. Because um, at the time, I don't know how it is now, but Dragon Ball tournaments at the time were literally random seeding double a limb. Um, well, as just a norm. It's <laughs> just how they did things. Was this so, because of like their sponsored tour or whatever? Or is this just what everyone... No, it's just how they did things. Um, so they come to my tournament and on the day, I'm like, well, we've, it was small numbers, right? Because Dragon Ball seeds yeah. is smaller than melee. I okay. think we had like 12 to 16 people. Mm -hmm. And I was like... I think for the first one, we did just run a bracket, but we seeded it. Okay. But for the second one, we were like, let's do a round robin. Let's do it melee style. <laughs> so we ran round robin pools into bracket, pro bracket, ami bracket, you know, the, the classic formula. And it went yeah. really well. They, they actually kind of liked it. They liked they it. They never did it again. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, FGC are very much, the impression I get at least is like, they're sort of stuck in their ways. And But yeah, that's sort of, um, it's interesting that you had that sort of engagement with them as well. Um... But yeah, moving on, I suppose the later things that you would have been involved in were fate stuff, at least to my memory. Um, or is there anything else that sticks out in your career around that time? Recent stuff? Oh, at that um, time? Mm. Or in between, like, say, 2019 and now, before fate? Um, I can't think of anything particularly notable. I guess fate would have been the big project at the time. Mm hmm and so, like, how do you sort of get involved in that? And what was the process of working with that team of people? Um, so if I remember correctly, it was probably just, um, you know, some of the Midlands TOs, probably JSOT, but I can't remember specifically if it was them. Hmm. Um, just posting in, like, the TO room that we have for, like, booking dates. Okay. Um, I was just like... Phew. You know, air's gone. We want to run a major. Does anyone want to help? Okay, um, yeah. Because there was this, I remember there was this, um, people were obviously distraught about the ending of air. And there was this massive um, GoFundMe or whatever it was. Was it? Mm. I think it was a GoFundMe, right? I think it was a To like raise money for, to collect, to get um, alternate storage for all of the CRTs that uh, Ed, Ed, Ed used to run, um, what's it called? Air, that Cone yeah. used. To run air because yeah if anyone thinks that cone's just the guy that runs a, a discord for melee lessons <laughs> he also run one of the biggest uh the biggest eu uh yeah like uh melee series in the form of air so yeah and probably the tournament that had the most tournament sets played at it right yeah in the world because they had like crazy amount of they had the like how many seven Different Ami brackets, right? 
Yeah. Six or seven, something yeah, like that. Yeah, because it was eight person pools, two go to top, and then one, 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 yeah. one, one. And then it wasn't even just a bracket. You would get put into like these into another pools, round robin, into yeah. another round robin pool, and that seeded into or fed into like a final bracket, which is insane. And but there was still like spare setups like around the place. I think they even had that one place where what were they called? The Eon adapters, right? The mm, one that everyone said ended up being like laggy. The ones that are complete scams, yeah. <laughs> were they actually scams? I have no idea about. What They're they not like were. scams per se, but they don't. Mm. The, the issue with, like, HD Melee is not the adapters. <laughs> okay, gotcha. They, they, they are good adapters, but they're not much better than a £5 Wii to HDMI. Gotcha, okay. But um, what was I going to say? So, yeah, they had a bunch of... And that's also, an, I guess, another example of what we mentioned earlier, sponsorship, where, mm. you know, it's much easier for people to get a CRT a, a monitor sponsorship than a, you know, than a lot of things, because... It's like a gamer peripheral, and people like to. Have... No one sells CRTs. No yeah, one's exactly. No one's trying to get them out. There. I mean, unless you're like in the third world, and you can you can actually get them like fresh off the production line from like Alibaba. You know you know about this, Chase? I actually didn't know that. Because I think that's true. Because they're still servicing like third world markets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you might be if anyone's like aware, like worried about the CRT apocalypse, then you can. Order one and, you know, <laughs> cuddle it as you go to sleep or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because they had monitors um, that were being, like, um, what's it called? That were being sponsored. And, yeah, so they had yeah. a whole room of just, like, monitor setups that you yeah. could play on that were just completely disconnected from the event. And I walked in there regularly and just, the room was entirely empty because people were doing whatever fun air activities they enjoyed getting up to. But, um, yeah, so I've got even how we got here. Um, but we were mentioning Cone and I was in the lead up that, to fate. The lead so up to fate because they were doing the GoFundMe to get the CRTs right, and mm-hmm. so yeah, um, the air, the air ended up being fate and you guys. So can you tell me a little bit about that? About that, how you joined them and like what type of role you had and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. So like I said, it was pretty much a we're gonna run the new thing because there's no air and we can't just not have something mm-hmm. um because that like it's a huge blow to europe already losing air right mm-hmm. um and then it's it's also just a huge blow to the uk 100 like, percent, yeah air 2 is like when i was like okay i think i'll take this game seriously like mm-hmm. i remember that that was my first melee bracket i'm pretty sure um oh wow okay so you went so, up there with that without been before you went to Coventry or after uh, no, so I was really playing PM at Coventry. Okay. And then I found out about Air through Kieran. And then I was like, well, it's like £3 entry fee or something stupid like that. Okay. So, um, That's actually nuts. Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'll, I'll enter Melee then, I guess. Yeah. Um, I remember, I'm pretty sure I, I was playing some old netplay on Smash Ladder in the lead up to Air 2. Maybe oh, that was wow. a different Air. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So... One sec. Yeah, go on, Chase. I actually completely lost my train of thought. But essentially, oh, it, it was, was like, about yeah. fate, right? Yeah. So f- um, we're doing something big. We need to think of a name. Um, but we've we've got the CRTs. Uh, we need to find a venue, <laughs> and all this stuff. So then we just yeah made a Discord server. Whoever wanted in joined, uh, and then whoever remained is still here. Is <laughs> pretty much, uh, and that's kind of made the core team now. It's okay. pretty much whoever stuck around after, like, getting to Fate, doing Fate, and then, yeah. 
And the cool team now, who's that? It's like you, JSOT, Megan, Goo, Jay Briz, Tasty, Calzum. Am I including too many people? Or is that uh, no, the... that's it. Um, you got uh, DJ PJ757. Of course. And, yeah, how can I forget DJ Picky, PJ? Uh, social media manager, Bot. Never oh yeah, I remember seeing him panicking and like going between <laughs> different windows at Faye Online. I was like, oh, <laughs> can I help you, Jaden? Like, let me help you. He was like, nah, we, don't worry about we it. We left him running the Twitter for yeah. like one day and he had a meltdown. <laughs> yeah, because he had to like, he was managing the Twitter, but he was also regularly trying to pull clips. So he it was, was just, like... We just told him, take a clip at the end of a set, tweet it. That yeah. was it. And then within like 10 sets, he posted the Minions meme. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> that was not a fun video to see, to be honest. But yeah, I don't know. He had, the, he had his... He did seem like he was struggling at the time, I remember. But, you know, he, he, ended up, uh, he ended up working out. But yeah, so that's the current team now, right? That's um, the current team now, yeah. And so... I did actually want to ask more about the actual 2019 event. Um, so in terms of that, like what was sort of, how did you like, because that would have been like one of the biggest tournaments you'd, or the biggest tournament you'd, have, uh, you'd ever probably, run to that Yeah, time. I think that was the biggest thing I'd done at the time. So what was that sort of process? Like what type of engagement did you have with it, I suppose? Was it just mostly the type of primary production that you sort of um, do now or, and you've done throughout or... Was it more organization and stuff as well? Or... My memory's a little hazy on it now, but I feel like it probably would have been similar to the the Merked kind of deal because, like, I definitely enjoyed, like, the organizational side of things a lot more back then. Mm -hmm. And the production side of things was a lot, like, bare bones. Okay. So there was less to go into it, right? Okay. Um, I definitely, like, did a lot of it, like, um, kind of figuring out how to make Slippy have all the custom stock icons and stuff, which didn't yeah. even work on the day for someone. And they kind of worked. But... I think were they not like at least on one stream? I must. You the must second stream it. it was working fine. The first stream it started lagging for some reason. Okay. Um. But yeah, there was a lot of production that went into that. But for the for the most part, I think I played a pretty balanced role. Uh, Fate Online, I definitely shifted just completely into production, pretty much. Gotcha. Um. I would have still done, like, I will always do some organizational stuff. It's kind of a consequence of both my nature and organization has to be done for some of the stream stuff to be done. Gotcha, right? yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you feel like you enjoy it? Do you feel like it's a fun thing? Because I suppose maybe they could be, like, some joy you'd glean from, like, having everything add up and stuff like that. Mostly, but, um, like, like Team Fate now, I, I, I know I can just trust them to get on with it. We can mm. delegate tasks. I don't yeah. need to do that. I can just focus on doing some cool production stuff. Yeah. Um, Especially so. with someone as experienced as, like, Fraser. He's probably... Has Fraser been TOing for as long as you have? Or maybe... A little bit less, but okay. not not much less. Gotcha. Because um, I know you start... I know... What's it called? The Smashboxes and the short pairs sort of popped up around similar era, didn't they? Yeah, I think... I, I can't remember when short pairs started up. But it was definitely, I think... We'd done at least half of our tournaments by then. Gosh. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I remember Shower Pebble was actually one of the first few out-of-region things I'd streamed as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that that was quite nice because it was pretty close to Birmingham. Sorry, yeah. Birmingham was pretty close to Coventry. Coventry, exactly. So I could just get the train and it was not too awful. Yeah. Um, okay, so I suppose what other things do I have to touch on? Um... I suppose I could ask about 
I feel like there must be something I'm glaringly missing. Um, I said, oh yeah, of course. I wanted to ask you about the your involvement in like BTS match. Did that actually start at Fate or was that beforehand? That yeah, that started with Fate. We got a message from Slime that was really? like, hey, can we can we can we talk? <laughs> <We're> like, <"Sure." laughs> so we, we set up a call with Slime and he was just like, basically, we'd like to buy streaming rights for Fate. Um, really? Okay. And just like that. Pretty much. So then we okay. just started chatting to him about sorting that out. Um, and so they'd heard about Fate through whatever, whatever marketing you guys would have done online or something. Yeah, I guess so. Popped up on their radar. Because mm. okay. they also picked up Awakening and Superboo, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I think they were doing that a lot, weren't they, BTS mm. Smash? They were just restreaming things. Yeah, um, and I think it's still something that they do, but now you ask them. Oh, okay. Is, uh, that, as far as is that what you ended up doing for Same? Or... For Same, I'm pretty sure we approach them. Okay, them. gotcha. But, but yeah. like, at the same time, they... They want content on their channel, right? They, there's only so much reruns people will watch. Exactly. Yeah. So fresh content is good. And then they do own the streaming rights to rerun that as well. So. Okay, gotcha. So you sort of signed that away to them in terms of dealing with... And so Fate VODs, are are they on the BTS Smash YouTube channel? They're on channel? the BTS channel. I believe that like day one, day two. Like, VODs. Yeah, I know they didn't probably chop it up, did they? I even offered to cut them up, but they were like, oh, don't worry, we'll deal with it. And they just Really? Didn't. No way. <laughs> but yeah, so... Was that that would that have been something that you would have been like more of a engaged with because you're on the production and streaming side or was that something that like so, the core team fate members would have dealt with or? Um, we kind of I'm pretty sure everyone was in that meeting or at least like like whoever like there was like three or four of us at least in that meeting it wasn't too you know production only or to only kind of thing mm. um, but the actual summit thing was there wasn't much to it it was like. They they say we want this. Here's a contract. Sign it if you want it. And <laughs> then enough. I would have signed it. And then after that, um, yeah, like they their hands off. They like they said you can do pretty much whatever you want. Gotcha. Like they have no rules for what they on their stream like, within reason, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so it doesn't actually change the planning. It just changes where it's being streamed to. Okay. Uh, there was like a weird issue on the day because of it, where like their I have to stream to them, and they have to stream out. Um, okay, yeah. Or at least that's how it used to work. You didn't just, um, they didn't just like, here's our stream key. Like, have fun. Uh, no, but I'm pretty sure I do have their stream key now. Oh, <laughs> um, nice. Okay. <laughs> but it used to be streaming to it, because they have the 24-hour service, right? So okay. that's always rolling. And then I push feed to them, and then when they finish a VOD, they can push my feed instead of the 24-hour VOD. Wait, what, what do you mean by they just have... When you say 20 hours, 24 hours service, you mean like... If you go on Twitch 24 now... 24 hour reruns? Yeah, if you go on Twitch right now, the BTS are live, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's just it's, streaming. It's, that tournament. means reruns, right? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, like, I stream to them, they replace their reruns with my stream. But then at one point, something just completely died on mm -hmm. their system. I'm, I can only oh, assume no. I broke it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure they had to give me their stream key to just do it pure after that. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Because, yeah, I suppose people now, only my associates slime through, like, Ludwig if you're, like, a super slippy kid. But he was, like, in charge of, like... Because BTS was... Their only involvement was Summit to begin with, right? They didn't have... Mm. They didn't even have a separate channel. They just streamed everything through their Beyond the Summit channel. Yeah, this um, is before main stage. This is before yeah. everything. And so they would have... Uh, had... I think BTS Smash would have existed around then. Oh, at Fate, you mean, or...? Yeah, yeah, Fate was on BTS Smash. Yeah, but I'm talking about their initial... 
the initial what's it when called? they first came in when right. they first came in they just run things from they were initially like a dota streamer right and so i think they might have done cs but then they brought smash summit in and smash mm. summit was a big success obviously because we love giving our money to people that eat onions and stuff like that so sure. they made a lot of money for their companion and stuff like that and so that's why their relationship with smash is sort of snowballed into making a bespoke channel for smash and having bespoke people like mm. slime like aiden like uh what's his face the falco player oh uh, envy envy that's the one nick yeah and so um, and then every time they hire a smash player ludwig pinches them exactly the, uh, <laughs> what's it called? the yard the yard crew um and so yeah slime would have been one of the main people in charge of bts Smash, and that's why he approached you that's why he ended up coming and commentating with also ludwig. separate to that we were like mm -hmm. you and ludwig do you want to come <laughs> gotcha. like, so we 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 got them over um which turned out to be like amazing foresight totally yeah. planned because <laughs> ludwig was super what? small back then wasn't he yeah, 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 yeah he wasn't like he he maybe had like he was like a medium i'm pretty sure streamer. slime was bigger than him at the time no way then ludwig because he was as a streamer. like maybe but, not as a streamer but as like a presence okay like to me he was certainly slime's friend you know really Who I know, and i know he's a streamer but um yeah yeah he was definitely like like a he wasn't a small streamer at the time but he was very like you know very very possible for us to say hey do you want to come to stoke on trent yeah <laughs> gotcha because it, that's all straight how crazy his growth has been because that was mid 2019 right yeah so yeah that's crazy um yeah that's nuts like it was sort of okay most of saying that um he had like one to two k viewers yeah, or maybe was, less but he was like he was like a medium st size stream pretty yeah. much um but yeah, it was sort of nuts. <laughs> you sort of got... I mean, Ludwig was doing a bunch of things in Smash before then. Like, he had the... I think... I don't know if the... I don't know if the content that he made was is still on his, like, Ludwig channel now. But he had, like, Ludwig Anders Gaming. If people remember right. that, with, like, the Beethoven, like, profile picture. And he made, like, a manga rap. Or maybe he, like, ripped off a different manga rap or something like that. It was like the... You know the... Um, what's that Kanye West rap where it's, like... How does it go? It's like the new Kanye or something like this. Um, yeah, it's, it's, not... it's like it's not like an actual like song he made, but it's like it's one skit. that I very much it's... resonate with. Yeah, that that one. I miss the old the Kanye. <laughs> That's the one. I miss the old Kanye, but it's like that, but with Mango because Mango at the time right. he was like going through some crazy losing streak. He hadn't won a tournament in like over a year, and so yeah, I remember Ludwig made that. He made like uh, top ten videos and stuff like that as well, right? I think it was like a. GR Smash on a B and stuff like that. <laughs> he found his market though. He made yes. it through. Another Smash person that made yes. it. And we found out that like every every now and again he will just talk about Stoke on Trent on his stream, and every time he does, <laughs> someone will link it to us. Nice. Um, someone uh, found a one on his Reddit posts on like his Reddit, uh, mm. where like his fan base they're also obsessed with Stoke on Trent now. I guess really it's like the little side view. So I like to it's think like we put that city on the map. The Ludwig Anders. <laughs> the Ludwig, uh, what's it called? Iceberg. Well, the Lud mm. It's not Ludwig Anders. I don't know his full name. But the Iceberg will have like, lower down will be like stick on trade somewhere. What's it? Like floating there. But yeah, so um, you had them over. You had some sort of decently sized matches. Um, you streamed an exhibition um, block <laughs> as well. Which is notable for some reasons. Um, 
But um, yeah, I suppose like, how did you find Fate as a tournament as a whole, and how do you feel about the result of it? So, it's hard to say because I definitely felt it was a success, right? Which is mm -hmm. why we announced the Fate that did get cancelled by COVID. But it was successful enough that we were like, let's do that again. It was great. Mm -hmm. Um, it was exhausting. Like the picture you posted was me on the Monday after Fate. Yeah, um, this was the stream. This is the one that I promote used for the tweet promotion, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is like on the way home. We went to um, Flash Max's place. Mind. Okay, go, yeah, go, go for it. Go for it. We went to Max's place, and while we were just hanging out, I passed out, eyes open. <laughs> um, it was a long weekend. I think I slept like a cumulative six to eight hours uh, from the Wednesday to the Monday. Okay. Um, was this? This looked like the. What's it called? The. Uh, oh no! What have I done? <laughs> okay. Let me try and fix this stream quick. Wait, I don't uh -oh. know. If it's, has it transitioned? <laughs> has it transitioned already? I, I think you just replaced the overlay with. I replaced the, the overlay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm in studio mode, so it's just transitioned. Can I actually? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So you. No, I, I, I think, think it's because you replaced the actual source itself. Let me try and okay, but yeah, wait. Just replace the image back. It'll be fine. The positioning's alright. Oh no, wait, it's back. Okay, I don't know what I did. No, I think as I put it below, I'll just put that. Okay, now we're back, and <laughs> I'll make another. <laughs> I'll make another source. But yeah, so you were in Young Milf's um, fate room, right? Because he didn't. No, no, no. This is this is his house in Birmingham. That's his house. Yeah, okay. he 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 lived in Birmingham back then. Because this uh, looks like. The, what's it called? This looks like the Stoke-on-Trent um, common room or whatever it's called. Uh, I'll have to have or a the look kitchens. at it. It reminds me of them at least. Okay, here we go. Here's I'm 99% sure it was his house. No, I'm not surprised. I think you guys went down afterwards, didn't you? Yeah. You went down to Stoke-on-Trent. Yeah, those sleepy shades for you guys. But yeah, I remember they had um, the red cushions as well. That's why I thought it was... Right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, this is your uh, Max's house. But yeah, so it was exhausting and well, there were the... It's exhausting but it was definitely fulfilling. Like I'm glad we did it and I'm sad we couldn't do Fate twenty twenty. Mm. Um but it's also very hard to gauge how well the tournament went considering I was behind a projector screen for the entire weekend. You know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah. Um I'd poke out and see like, people look like they're having fun, but again, big screen in front of me. I can't really see what's going on. Okay. Uh, but I heard loads of good things, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, I have a particularly biased point of view of my experience of fate. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it big time, obviously, because, <laughs> um, you know, something went well for me, but um, actually, that sounds weird that I say it that way. I won a pride match, guys, if you went away. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, uh, just the, I, I, I enjoyed yeah, it massively. Uh, I think it was a great tournament. I think, a, from what I've heard, a lot of people, enjoy, it was like, the sort of fate, the only thing I suppose the, the drop off was, um, was it wasn't an international tournament, right? Or it wasn't a EU wide Yeah, team. it was mostly UK. We did yeah. we did have a lot of uh, international attendance, but yeah. like nowhere near. Uh, the proportion of UK players to Europeans was not what we expected. Really? Like, we still like all pretty much capped. It was a little bit short. Um, you expected there to be more Europeans? I, yeah, I. I think I either didn't expect there to be so many people from the UK or I expected more Europeans. But I definitely be, remember being surprised at just how UK heavy this bracket was. To be honest, like, because it ended up being just slightly over 200 or 250, just short of 300 maybe. 
Uh, we hit like 340 people wow. with like 300 of those in singles, I think. Gotcha. Because I remember, I think, I don't even know how I remember this, and I don't know why I did this at the time, but I was just because I was more of a bracket nerd back in the day. But I think I went in like one air. Like, I just went and scrolled through all of the attendees. I was like, oh, this person's from UK. This one's from UK. Yeah, like, yeah. I just counted them up. And I think I counted, like, around 200 or mid... Uh, between 200 and 300. So to be honest, personally, I'm not really that surprised that that many people showed up for that cut. I guess, but it's also, like, it's not air at the end of the day, right? It's the first tournament in the series. So. Yeah. Um, like, a lot of people hold judgment. Because it's, it's not cheap. You know, we try That's and keep true. it as cheap as possible, but at the end of the day, you're just looking at spending like a hundred pound on tickets, a hundred pound on like travel and food. Like, mm-hmm. so pe- when people are sp- when you're asking tickets, to spend that tickets, much money, you, cl- you include accommodation though, because you usually yeah, would, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's a yeah. it's it's a skill, I suppose, but it's sort of an investment, right? Um, hmm. That you have to make, because especially if you're like a kid or something, you know. Um, yeah. But oh well, a young. A young adult because it was a 18 plus tournament right um Indeed. but um yeah I, I for the record by the way i have to say like it's always i always thought that's like an amazing deal it's not something that um is unknown to people but obviously having like renting out the accommodation for a uni mm. campus is obviously a great way to save on costs but it's also such a fun thing to do it's like i yeah. remember the first air i ended up playing with you, I think it was us, right? On the first day of Air 5, or maybe the second. It was the day after Willsville, right? So I think yeah. the Friday. Um, mm-hmm. We were just playing Air with people I've never met before till like 5 a.m. Oh, sorry, we were playing Mafia, which was a big game at Air and Fate. Apparently, it was not played at Camp Cone to my great disappointment. Oh, that was a bit. That was a bit. I heard there was Low one 30 man Mafia. There was a massive 30 man. Yeah, but I've heard it sort of died out comparatively. We need to bring that out. Back for whatever Fate 2 or Air 6, whatever comes first. But I remember I was just playing Mafia with like maybe how many people were around? 10 to 15 people that I'd just never met before. A lot yeah. of UK people, albeit, but um, yeah, it was such a fun experience. And you know, just being able to like hang out in people's rooms and people's kitchens is yeah, it's just really fun. Yeah, so. and it's something that like is definitely missing from a lot of like European events. One of my favorite events I've ever been to is B6. Yeah, okay. B6. And it's like, because everybody was in the hotel and the hotel was opposite the playing hall. Yeah. Like I go in there, I play games whenever I want. It's 24 hours. I leave with all the smashes to the hotel rooms. We hang out there. We come back like, and not having that at like almost every other event, definitely like it just feels different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's having the having the bar set so high by air originally definitely uh, imprints it into you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, air was something special. Like especially air five, they really turn off with like a bang with how many people that came. It's still the record for the biggest EU tournament. To be honest, you know, you know, I wouldn't be so. I, I'm optimistic about these type of things, but if that ends up being like the biggest EU tournament for a long time, if not ever, then I wouldn't be surprised because it was just short of like a thousand people, right? It was around 800, I think, or 700, I think it 800. 700 and something, yeah. Okay. But yeah, it was such a massive thing, and the international buzz from like everyone in EU just chanting for their people was crazy, and it was in that massive big top. So it's a hard thing to match, but I think you guys really, for me at least, the, you know, the same format, the same like rooms and stuff like that, 
it really yeah. made the the vibes quite similar um and so it just felt like it was air but like on a smaller scale you know pretty much but to be um, honest if you well i mean what type of thing were you sort of expecting for fate 2020 um it was probably just going to be the same but bigger we had like uh more space booked this time because we had like we had we had proof of concept at this point right we had a tournament mm -hmm. it was successful uh, I think we'd raised the cap. I don't entirely remember. Um, but, like, we'd announced pretty much everything about the tournament already. Mm -hmm. um, and then right before we sold tickets, COVID kind of got really bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, for the most part, it was aiming to be what Fate was, because it was a winning formula, to be honest. People <laughs> yeah. liked it. We we liked it. It got a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um so more of that basically more, more people uh we we secured more rooms uh we wanted more europeans maybe fly out a few more guests have like just a massive like you know air set the bar, a bar high with the 700 but like yeah. european events don't tend to go past 200 300 yeah. max so, i don't know like, what awakening awake did awakening get anything higher than fate or was it around the same level or slightly that lower? year i think their numbers were a bit lower but the year before it was pretty good okay um, oh, sorry, Kieran's off, Chase. So if you want to say a new party message <laughs> to your old partner, then he's just saying goodbye in chat. But, I mean, uh, you know, I'm glad he was here to, to relive the history. <laughs> yeah. I saw him again at Short Hot Pair. It was great. Nice, was yeah. Yeah, no, he sent me so much. I feel like the type of thing, like, he actually gave me a lot of information about, like, the early days. I feel like I might need to repurpose that and put it in, like, an article or something like that because he sent me a lot of information. But, yeah, thank you so much for your help on that one, Kieran. But, um, so yeah, you were talking about Fate 2020. Um, yeah, so, it, like I said, for the most part, it was probably just going to be, like, if you liked Fate, it was going to be great. It was going to be more more of Fate, but just on a bigger scale, more mm -hmm. fun stuff. Um, and then, you know, like, I mean, it's hard to say. We had a lot of plans. They're all written down somewhere. A lot of them were tweeted out. Like, we were going to do cool things like the Clone Hero Bracket. And stuff. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, you use like the, the was that the Lucretio promotional <laughs> video? The Lucretio trailer. <laughs> gotcha. Um, with the the cheeky ultimate bait that was really yeah yeah I remember that. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty much it was fate with more right. It was mm -hmm. fun fun side events, uh, more people. But yeah, I mean that's it. Yeah, that's sick. Um, and in terms of what ended up happening, like um, um, what was I gonna say? Um. In terms of um, it being cancelled and stuff like that, mm. um, how do you do? You still have uh, like, is it still like on the shelf, like ready to be brought in whenever you guys are feeling that it's ready, or do you feel like you want to do a lot more development than what you had for then? Or so we had a pretty good relationship with the venue, okay. um, so it's not like like cancelling was pretty easy. They didn't, um, we didn't lose any money on it, thankfully. Gotcha. Um, so like we're still yeah like i don't know if you know yingying she's yeah. um part of the smash community but she also works at the uni yeah she's um, like a lecturer for the games course that they have there right yeah mm -hmm. so she's still there so all of the the previous like uh kind of connections we had with the uni is still there mm -hmm. um whether or not we were to do another fate 
is like something to to look at because obviously we're kind of in the middle of a pandemic still yeah um but like the venue was good you know we still have a good uh, relationship with them it was in stoke which to hurt a few people like midori but yeah um you know it's one of those um, things people are used to like traveling i mean I can, this is just me being like, people call me, oh, like typical like Southern London guy, but people are used to traveling like up north, like long distances for air, right? Leicester doesn't count as the north, I guess, because it's Midlands, but, yeah. and neither does, I think Nottingham, Nottingham is like on the border. Nottingham is also borderline, yeah. yeah. But um, Stoke-on-Trent is, is Stoke-on-Trent north, is that pretty, kind of pretty hard of the Midlands, yeah. Was that Stoke Trent is Midlands? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Midlands. Okay, Staffordshire. It might be it might be norther than I thought, but I'm pretty sure it's the Midlands. Gotcha. Like, very solidly. I don't know if Staffordshire counts as either one, but yeah. So um, I think it's not a, it's not a nuts location to it's not like you're gonna run it in like some Outer Hebridean island or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is nice that it's central. That, mm-hmm. that was another big draw to it. Yeah, uh, I, I guess so, that, right? Because people are distributed all over the UK in terms of. Where the, where the UK scene is, so. Yeah. Um, and it's like, if people come in, some people fly into London, some people fly into Manchester, it's nice to just... Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I hadn't even thought about that. To be honest, I thought, I, I only thought about, you know, London being the best place in terms of international transport links, but I guess people do fly to. There are yeah, other Birmingham's airports. Birmingham's really good too, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, no, I, because I live like right next to Heathrow as well, so all of my thinking has been in that regard has been coloured by me living in the shadow of that, you know, massive, mm. massive superstructure that is Heathrow Airport. But yeah, um, what was I going to say? Moving on from that, I suppose, do you have, a? do you guys have a time in mind? Maybe I'm sort of teasing a, what's it called, uncomfortable question, but do you guys have a tim- time in mind in terms of when you might run the next fate? I mean, before any kind of discussion on that, we'd have to see what everybody else in Europe's planning, right? Mm. Um, but I will say that, like, Fate Team, like, we did Fate Online over lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good time. While we probably wouldn't do another online tournament, maybe, we, maybe, depending on how the situation is. Yeah. But, like, we definitely are, like, a solid group at this point, right? Um, we're, we're, like, a established TO team. Um, mm-hmm. And we just hang out. So, nice. you know, it's something that on a whim, maybe one day we'll be like, like, honestly, a lot a lot of dumb decisions are done on a whim, like recreating <laughs> yeah. the entirety of Stoke-on-Trent. I was about to ask, yeah. <laughs> I was about to ask about Fate World, but yeah. So, so we'll put that down as a, a TBA. We'll see, we'll see what's going on. Okay, fair enough. That's fair, I suppose. But yeah, so is there that, talking about organization and coordination amongst Europe, is that something that happens in terms of the... Is there like a calendar where people have certain majors in mind blocked out? Because obviously we've seen HFLAN, which was a decent mm. success. Um, are there... I suppose if there's nothing's been announced... Because I can't really think of anything. I know there's one Norwegian tournament that's happening sometime next year, perhaps, or sometime later this year. But apart from that... Yeah? Yeah, it's called, like, um, Hillwood or something like this, or Hollywood. I don't know if it's, like, Hollywood that, in, like, Norwegian accent or something like this, but... I know that during Same Circuit, at least Chilock and Smash Sauna announced that they would like to do something land. Okay, so those are the Finnish year, people? So it's Finland and Ireland. Okay. Um, oh, Shylock, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I know that they want to do, host something. Um, 
I don't know if they've actually booked anything yet or how their teams are progressing on that. Um, I also don't know what the law is like in any other country. A lot, oh, of those gotcha. are, a lot of countries are more sensible and aren't allowed to host events. Yeah. <laughs> like the Netherlands are still in lockdown, so like they're another big Smash player. Really? Do they not have you know? like even locals and stuff like that in the Netherlands? I don't think so. Like wow. they, okay. They're one of like the the big three or four in Europe, right? It's mm. like the UK, the Netherlands, I guess like Germany and France. France uh, is apparently like popping up. That you know the what's his face? Bruno, I think his name. I'm it's not like sure a, he's like a big uh, French YouTuber and streamer, and he did like this whole series where he spoke about all of the five gods. I think maybe Leffen as well, right. and so it got really popular. And I think he's running like tournaments. I might okay. be completely off base in saying that, but I think France is like really growing as a scene as a result. Um, yeah, someone well, in chat mean, might be able HF to. Lens, there was so like yeah. like. I, it, sounds, it sounds dumb to say there were so many French people in France, but like, <laughs> I, I, to see so many like people I didn't know and like random French faces at this tournament. Have we we lost our sound? Wait, can you not hear me at all? I hear you again. Your mic switched out and your camera's gone. Okay, let me try and see if I can fix this. Um, <laughs> this might be a problem, <laughs> but um, I can get myself up for this. In fact, I might just leave you here, Chase. Okay. And I might just put my camera up for that's the cool, stream. Cool. But um, that's the fastest solution I can think of. Okay, there we go. Um, but yeah, um, in France. So you're saying that you didn't realize there'd be that many people there? Like, yeah, there were so many French players. And a lot of them were quite new as well, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, th their scene is really popular. It's always been, like, moderately big and, like... Uh, La Franche Malay has always been like kind of legit, I guess. Like mm -hmm. they're one of the few melee teams that is actually like a, a recognized company, mm -hmm. as far as I'm aware. Yeah, because they saw. I think in terms of French law, then they sort of have to be. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. I think I remember hearing an interview with uh, uh, Exil, right? Mm. And um, they were talking about how. Yeah, you have to have like minuted meetings and have it regularly done because France is like really like sticky in terms of their the bureaucracy, right? Yeah. And so legally, if they want to have an organization that runs tournaments like that, they have to have Le French Melee, which is a registered organization with a, you know, determined structure and, you know, people in different positions where they have regular meetings and stuff like that and everything needs to be recorded. And yeah, but as a product of it, you end up with really high-quality events. Exactly. A TO team that are kind of doing things correctly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, France has always been kind of huge. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but I have not heard too much in terms of what Europe's planning. To be fair, I haven't really had my ear out that much either. I've been kind of taking a break since Christmas. Okay, um, fair enough. But, you know, things are probably looking to pick up, uh, especially the UK is very swiftly coming out of lockdown and back into normality, right? Gotcha, yeah. So if there was ever a time for, for events to start picking up again, it's now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it should be interesting to see. Hopefully you're not just in like a little window between Omicron and the next big super bug, which I hope is <laughs> not the case. But um, yeah, so I was actually wondering, this is like an out of nowhere question, Chase, but in terms of what, because you said earlier about your ambition for melee to be like a super big game um 
like what type of oh wait i should probably transition i did not put my <laughs> i did not put my face on stream that is not that's a big blunder but yeah um what's it called in terms of your actual ambition for the scene do you think something like that having like a coordinated uk group um would work well because i know you guys have started by having pooled resources in the form of the crt vault and that's worked really well in terms of having a like you know supply for the whole country for any like new tiers and stuff like that but do you feel like coordination like on a larger scale would work as well or is that not something that um i don't um, know is that appealing yes and no i don't think that like there was a phase where UK Melee was very uncoordinated. People mm. were running tournaments on the same weekend or just very poorly scheduling. Gotcha. Um, but, like, I think for the most part, on a local level, everything is kind of just, like, it, it's kind of find a rhythm. People are hosting events in their region. A lot of regions have events now. They're mm. all slowly coming back after lockdown. It's not just London and Birmingham. There was Bagger Melee in Bournemouth. Um there's obviously um, the Southampton tournament coming up as well. So, and uh, Chelly's been running things up in the north. Um, so things are coming back. Uh, and I think that, like, yeah, people... It's, it's less about that on a local level. I don't really know what the next big thing is for Smash. I think it is on a more grander scale. I think, yes, there are people that, like... LLL has had a bunch of new faces, right? Mm -hmm. and having weeklies and stuff like that is super important for growth but i think a lot of it is finding ways to get eyes on the game and finding appeal for sponsorship and i don't have the answer to that right now some will tell you it's crypto <laughs> um, yeah i've heard that like <laughs> from, who is it blur and tafo tafo has been pushing it but i think blur has like a different sort of like um i think he said like a smash coin would be something that would just be good at getting a bunch of investment into the scene. Right. Although, I don't know if I'm too sold on that idea, but... Yeah, I mostly disagree with the idea. It sounds kind of like short-term. Like, I definitely would work in the short-term, but I can't see it pulling us out, right? But at the gotcha. end of the day, we're a game that doesn't have developer support. Like, mm -hmm. Street Fighter it will always grow because a new Street Fighter game comes out or new DLC comes out, advertising comes out, um... And they have a $50,000 tournament at the end of every year, mm -hmm. right? And they have a big stream that everyone watches it on, on a localized Capcom channel. Yeah. Like, that's just how it is. And we don't have that. So I'm not sure that, like, people who want, like, Melee to be, like, a tier one esport, I think it's it's definitely more of a dream than a reality, right? Gotcha. But it's definitely something... I don't think that matters. I think I from what i personally want to get out of this like if that happens mm. amazing great but what mm -hmm. i want is the people that are here and now playing to have like a, like a really good experience and for us to put on the best kind of stuff we can do yeah so would you say that's like your main goal or in terms of growth do you see any do you have anything in mind particularly or is it just making sure that you focus on that player experience and that's your sole sort of like um i don't know would you describe it like mission statement yeah for me it's definitely player experience like i will try to get sponsorship as and when i can right 
if there is an opportunity, I will approach it and see what we can do to see if we can do some build, like some some building and some growth. But as far as I'm concerned, my main thing is I want my stream to look good, so people who okay. are watching it get a good experience, yeah. and people who maybe stumble across it by accident are like, oh. This is cool. Oh, London. I live in London. Okay, yeah. I'll turn up. Yeah. Right? And the player experience to come back. Because at the end of the day, if, if they don't have fun, they're not going to come back. Um, yeah, of course. Like, yes, you need to gain players faster than you lose players, but you do need to just retain players. That's true. Yeah. Um, and also, the like people having fun, they bring friends. Like, that that is the key to growth as far as, like, my concerns are, you know? Make sure everyone here is getting the best they can get <laughs> i see that's interesting i suppose like it does sort of um speak to what is like the most important thing at the end of the day right mm. which is like that everyone has a fun time and that we're enjoying it with our friends so yeah it's interesting that you have that point of view of it because i know like a lot of people are like whenever i hear like blur talking about melee it's always like we need to be focused on growth because that's the only thing that will keep us alive and stuff like that you know mm. but um he also says, like, he has confidence in the game surviving. I think everyone has confidence in the game surviving, right? Um, I mean, it's still here, right? Like, yeah. It's not, it's never going to truly die for, well, I say never, not for a long time, right? Like, I believe in Melee. Will... We'll be playing it forever, I feel like, at this point. Yeah. I used to, like, we, we just got matchmaking. <laughs> exactly. And right? ranked, is com ranked is going to be R so ranked is, nuts. Ranked it's going to be so, like, that's going to be, like, I feel like that will be, like, multiplicative growth for Melee. In terms of what it would do for you not think so? I I agree. I think it will be a huge influx of players, whether or not they stay around because that's what happened with Unranked. Loads of people picked it up, played it for like a couple of days, that's really cool, mm -hmm. moved on with their lives. Um potentially having ranked having like people playing against people their skill, yeah, maybe they will stick around more. Um but it at least gets a lot of eyes on and it will be an insane like boost for when it happens. Yeah, not only that, but I feel like content-wise as well, it could be something special. Because I know people were talking about, like, there's obviously a massive disparity between, like, streams that you would run, right, in terms of the viewership that I would get, and people just running melee streams in their homes, right? Like, that gets, like, no next to nothing, unless you're a big streamer like Mango, but even then, he's not touching, like, VGBC numbers. But I remember, again, we're going back to Blur, but he gave the example of, like, RTZ, and how he runs like his Dota streams, mm -hmm. and apparently those get like thirty k viewers, and right. that's not that that's not that like um that's not that much, there's not that much of a disparity between his viewers for his home streams and for bigger tournament streams, and part of that is apparently because of the fact that the games have meaning behind them, they have stakes because there's a rank system behind it. Yeah, so, that's probably true. Um, I don't know how much people will like. Because, like, Street Fighter has ranked, Dragon Ball Fighters has ranked, all of these games have a ranked system, and their viewership's probably worse than Melee, to be honest, maybe very similar. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how much, like, maybe at, like, a tip-top level, but I think with StarCraft as well, and all these, like, Tier 1 esports, a lot of people watch these games, right? They don't actually play. Yeah. All Melee players play Melee. All Melee viewers play Melee pretty much right like if you watch professional football you don't play professional football it's true yeah right so that that's why there is a market for watching them play like so, to, to that level right yeah i i know that when i play starcraft i am 
my hands are so slow. Yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. I can never like, I can never get a, like a like a trickle of that feeling of top level play unless gotcha. I like super put work into it, right? But who does that? At the end of the day, it's like a percentage of people, right? Mm-hmm. With all these like tier one esports, part of it is just that people are not that good at those games, but mm-hmm. also that they just enjoy watching them. Melee, like I could watch a bit of a melee stream, but at the end of the day, if I'm feeling melee, I'll just go on unranked or hit someone up in Discord. Right? Yeah, for real. So I think that's part of melee's viewership woes, and it's why tournaments get views because it's it's less about stakes, but it's more like what's happening, right? There's like storylines. There's um, yeah, there's. But I want to see. They who wins, are like I want to see brackets. Games with meaning, right? I don't. They are games with meaning, but at the end of the day, like they they matter more because there's a narrative. There is a tournaments are kind of stories in that they have a beginning, middle, and end, right? Mm-hmm. So you can follow a tournament, and if you miss it, you can you will look through the bracket, right? But if you miss someone's rank stream, you're not going to go look through, um, <laughs> through like who they beat on their ranked history you know what i mean that's true yeah i mean i suppose you do care like if they get promoted to like silver to gold or something like that though right Hmm. i don't know i see what you're saying i definitely see what you're saying though how there's that distinction i guess um yeah it's interesting how melee is like that right and by itself like the degree of disparity is sort of like so such a standout thing that Hmm. yeah it seems like at least in my at least in my mind i don't really see it changing like massively you know what i mean in For terms sure. of in terms of the uh movement from i don't think home streams are just going to pop off and be bigger than tournaments or anything like that i mean but... uh, the main issue with melee is that like people who stream melee are making the mistake of having melee be the main focus mm-hmm. <laughs> like Melee is not a game people watch to watch you play, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If they want to watch Melee, they'll watch tournament. Like, they'll watch the top players or they'll watch, like, whatever. Like, if you look at... If you go on Mango Stream, like, it, there's, a, there's a good chance if you click on a Mango Stream, it's full camera Mango just talking about something, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, him doing something silly. Yeah. And that's true. what people watch. They're not there for Melee. They're there for Mango. Gotcha. Mango's like one of the very few streamers that will survive if Melee dies. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean already he doesn't does he, I think he used to say like he his viewership goes down when he plays Melee compared to like the other variety games that he should, I don't know if it's the case as much anymore, but yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Um but yeah, okay, fair enough. Um there are a few other things I wanted to touch on. Um I suppose we're talking about UK coordination. Some of the things that one of the things that popped up specifically after the summer, the events of the summer of 2020 was some of the things that you were doing in terms of conduct and mm-hmm. in terms of making it so that there was a um, UK, was it the UK melee backroom which you set up, which would have to deal with conduct issues and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah so on. the backroom kind of already existed. That was just like, um, essentially, it, it's a, a Discord server where. If you want to run a tournament, you say, these are my dates. And mm-hmm. if you need help, you say, hi, I need help with this. Gotcha. That, that, that existed. Existed and on an organizational level. Yeah, and sometimes like if there was a problem, like there have been problematic players in the past, so people would be like, I've had this issue with this player. They are banned from my events. I ask you to do the same or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there was never any kind of formal body. Gotcha. Um, I've actually got a bit of a clip. Um, again, it's more Blur content. You can see how much blur content I consume. 
But um, I'll send it to you on Discord. Yeah, I'll try to get it up on stream. Um, just hold off on watching it now, and we'll sort of, we can sort of watch it together, I guess. I'll add a media source. Um, and so, obviously, all credits go to the commentator's curse. Please don't like see me or something like that. Um, wait, let me see if I can try and find it. Okay, wait. Um, Tafo looks so uncomfortable in this clip. He, that guy looks like he's uncomfortable a lot of the time, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, let me try and, I don't know where I can, I'm having an issue with adding a media source. I suppose I could just. If it's a file, you could just drag it into OBS. What, really? Just drag it just into drag the onto the screen and then cut to it, it will play. Okay, that didn't work. Do I just have too many things on my screen or something? Oh dear. Okay, we can make, we can do it really scuffed. I'll just do like a window capture and I'll I'll transit I'll just run it on my on my end. Okay, let's try and do that. The ecosystem. So there's an accountability <clears throat> there. And similarly, like we, we one of the bigger issues in the community is like the conduct issues, right? Because no one wants to go out there and actually like work on it. And most people just don't want to deal with it for good reason. Um like it doesn't let me get solved. Like one of my great disappointments about quote unquote smash leadership, I don't want to call it that because no one's actually doing anything. Um, is that no one's doing anything about it. like, I think the, the hidden story that I, I'd be ashamed to tell people outside the scene is I think we are less equipped uh, to deal with conduct shit than we were a year ago. And uh, that's after all the summer shit happened. And I, I think largely all that stuff in the summer happened, and for the most part, people just went whelp, and they moved on. Nothing changed. Like, I don't think any, anything fundamentally changed. I don't think you can, like, fix the evils of the world or anything, but realistically, you're supposed to, like, make our reactive solutions better and make our preventative ones uh, exist, right? Like, I don't know, do something. But I, I, there hasn't even been that much discussion about it, like realistically like there's been discussion on twitter but like among people who actually like need to make the changes and like they run the events I don't, I don't think there's any like substantive stuff that happened um at least for me um so i don't know i like that's disappointing and, that, and i think that's where it comes that's where, where the accountability comes in it's like look at the, end of the day guys like if all you guys want to do is run your own events then and nothing else and nothing more ambitious and there's nothing more out there for y'all then I think that's sort of shitty. Okay, clips over. Is it over for you, Chase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you have any... First of all, like, does the idea of there not being much change in terms of, like, um, conduct issues, does that, like... Do you agree with it? Do you feel like it matches up to the UK experience and the on EU like... experience as a whole? Or So on a... Um like a like a systemic level like yeah essentially nothing has changed really like in the the global sense right but i think that the whole the average person is a lot more aware of things and i think it's overall brought us to a safer point in the community if you know what i mean right mm -hmm. like people people were willing to just overlook dodgy behavior before right 
Whereas mm. now that they've kind of seen the whole with the summer of 2020, yeah, um, people tend to be keeping a bit of a more watchful eye out. Um, UK-wise specifically, we've not really had um, too much happen since then. There's been a few events, but not a crazy amount. Um, the player safety panel does exist now, which I think is pretty good. Um, well, like it, I'm not saying it doesn't have its own issues, but the fact that it exists has been useful. It's given people that didn't have anywhere to go somewhere that they can direct their like safety um, concerns. Okay. Um, um, just to tell you this, Chase, um, is there like, I'm not sure if many people are aware of like its existence and stuff like that. So if someone would like to report like a contact issue, then how would they go about doing that? Uh, so the main, I, I'll find a link for you later, but um, I, what I do need to do is have this more publicly available actually. But right now it's just on the Twitter page for the Melee Backroom. Okay. There's a form you can fill out. If you do that, it pings uh, the team and then they will be raised aware. Or you can message anyone who's on the team okay. and then they'll bring it up. Um, I'll be sure to put all of that in the YouTube description and Spotify yeah. description, all that stuff. But yeah, sorry, I actually cut you midway through your point there. Um, so yeah, essentially it's just, um, I guess the main issue with uh, kind of safety is people don't often have anywhere to voice their concerns. Mm -hmm. Like if they feel comfortable enough, they'll bring it up to their local TO and then their local TO can mention it to all the other TOs and then if anything happens, it happens. But um, yeah, the whole point of this is it allows you to, there's like a list of people and if you feel comfortable confiding in any of those people or all of those people, you can do so. Uh, mm -hmm. If there's anyone you don't feel comfortable with, you can even omit those. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, discussions can be had. You can talk to them. Uh, I like, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a personal basis, right? Depending on what your situation is, but there's something there. While it is pretty slow and at the end of the day, pretty powerless, it is. It at least raises an awareness, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and in terms of the, uh, how would I describe it? Um, I've heard of uh, other initiatives going on. For example, in Ultimate, I know there's a lot of um, a push to get people just ultimately like quite basic. Um, um, how do I describe it? Um, safeguarding courses, right? In terms of, I don't think they're preferred by like the NSPCC or something like this, but um, to have that like be more widespread throughout the um, UK TOs in Ultimate, um, I know like a lot of people on Team Fate, for example, have had a lot of training in that, have had a degree of training in that regard, whether it's first aid, and you've also had safeguarding. Am I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah, um, I don't know if all of us have, but a lot of UK TOs for Melee as well have also had uh, safeguarding training. Okay. Or at least to a basic level. Um, at the end of the day, um, like, it's it's kind of a, a weird situation. Because if you are running a tournament, you do have a slight implied responsibility mm -hmm. to, like, of the welfare of all your attendees. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to also consider, like, most people aren't running a tournament because they want to, like, keep doing it like there are people like long-standing people like you know like I i've done hundreds of events at this point right yeah. so it's fair enough to assume of me to be more considerate of kind of safety issues 
but some people just want to run an event in their local area, right? Yeah, you're definitely and, the exception rather than the norm, aren't you? Yeah, there's like a handful of us, but like, it's not something that you naturally think of, and it's not really something that's fair to put on someone on top of all the learning how to TO stuff. You think um, so? Okay. I, but I think that what there should be is some kind of like some kind of guideline that they can use, right? Um, I think that's kind of the one of the biggest benefits of the player safety panel at the very least is like they will be made aware of any safety um, I forget the word for it, but if someone is potentially a safety risk, mm -hmm. they will be made aware of it. And that's like you know, I've had people come to my tournaments back in the day and people were like, oh, I can't believe you let them there. They're a horrible person. And I'm like, I, how was I supposed to know? Like, gotcha. no one's told me this. Yeah. Um, and even then, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy. <laughs> I'm just yeah. running an event. I'm yeah. not like, I'm not trained. I'm not equipped. I'm just doing this, for, you know, from my local area and whatever. But like, obviously, yeah, the more you are, the more you stick around, like, the more you do become a bit obligated to worry about that. Um, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing. But the problem is it is, it is nobody's job. Like right now, there is no one who is in charge of it. Gotcha. Um, and so people do take it upon themselves. And that's kind of, again, the nature of melee, right? Like, I, it's a I bit didn't... of a Wild West situation in terms of, what's it called? Governance yeah. in the past, at least. I don't know if it's moving in more of a unified direction. but Yeah, but it's kind of like the people who are qualified to do this kind of thing probably don't have time to be doing melee. Sure. And yeah. people who are doing melee probably aren't qualified and probably don't really have time to put that. Like most melee TOs have full-time jobs, right? Mm -hmm. And in their spare time, they plan the tournament. And then when you then throw on safeguarding stuff on top of that, it's it's rough, and there's no framework for them. That mm -hmm. is that is probably what Blur is talking about. How there is mm -hmm. no thing, and he's right. There needs to be something there. But the problem is there's there's not many people who can take that and i hope someone rises up but like for now it's just on a local level we you know we look out for each other and we do what we can right gotcha, um, yeah i do think one kind of saving grace is like it's while there are a lot of rotten apples <laughs> um for the most part most melee players are good people or at least you know nice and not out to get you of course. The yeah. scene itself is pretty safe and like especially compared to other scenes, it's definitely one of like the more progressive and like the ones that will look after you, right? Yeah. I'd certainly um, say that about the UK. Um, yeah, uh, like the UK more than like, the UK is an example of that in melee, but melee is an example of that in the world, right? Oh true, of course um, as well. Yeah. If you yeah, definitely the median melee player is definitely more on the more progressive end than say like a member of the population, right? Yeah. Um, um but like I, I don't know. I guess I've always felt like an inherent kind of. When I first started joining the scene, I felt an inherent kind of safety. I never felt like um, I was, you know, that people were out to get me or I was in danger or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think yeah, it's it's good to have support networks for people who do feel like that. Um, but I yeah, it's it's a very weird situation. Of I'm course. probably not qualified to talk on it either. That's, That's the problem. It's a very. I mean, you had a very prominent role in terms of dealing with it in the past, right? And you're one of those main people behind the creation of the backroom, yeah. right? So I think your opinion, it definitely matters to a lot of people. 
Um, yeah. But um, in terms of, it does sound like you're currently not content with the way it exists. And you do sort of raise the dilemma of changing it. And so, so like, yeah. The UK background is a more specific example, one that I could talk of. Okay. Um, it, at the end of the day, is a group of people who are taking on a large emotional burden f in their free time, right? It's crazy to put it that way. But yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, the, they are pretty much legally powerless. Uh, mm -hmm. There's like weird legal ramifications of banning someone, right? Like, you know, whenever players, there's always like the player who gets banned and tries to lawyer up. Yeah, right? I, I've heard about that. It's, to put it briefly for people who are listening, when you incorporate like that, or when you make a group of people who pass it down a ban like that, you become, from what I've heard in the consultations, I believe that Cone and Gigi have done it independently of each other with lawyers. I've heard that you become part of what's called an unincorporated or unincorporated association or something like this. And so which is means that even if you're not like intending to be a body, then through you passing down a decision like that, you become a body in the eyes of the law, which makes it hard to enforce. Like, yeah, it's definitely a like messy situation, especially when you consider like international laws, right? Because mm -hmm. um, like the player safety panel itself, they don't ban anybody. They they are a place for you to talk if you have um, concerns and they will try to provide help and support and they will help you like make if if you come to me with like something that needs to be spoken about and I'll talk to it with the rest of the panel um, if we determine that like this is definitely like not on like this can't be happening we need to do something about it unfortunately at the end of the day pretty much all we can do is tell TOs don't let this person come to your tournament. Mm -hmm. We can't stop you. You're welcome to. But, like, at the end of the day, it becomes a TO's decision. And yeah. I think it's something I've got better at, but is definitely um, not easy as a starting TO. Yeah. It's really hard to say no, yeah. right? Um, especially if you're the kind of person to pick this up for the community. Like, of you're course. someone who wants to do, like, to, you know, you're someone who wants to give, right? Um, so it's surprisingly hard to tell someone you cannot come to my tournament, especially when you don't have personal beef with them. Yeah. You know? Uh, and again, it's a skill you definitely pick up. It's and something you have to be able to do, but especially for a new TO, that's kind of hard. Um, but like, especially for like bigger scale events, I guess is the main thing that this whole like the I mean, video in terms about. of what you described like you sort of you know you sort of raise the potential issues of you know a body like you guys can't officially ban someone but in terms of the efficacy of it it is essentially saying we can't coordinatedly ban say this person you're banned but as individuals like if you're a to you yeah. ultimately have full power over whoever comes to your event right yeah and so sure. if you want to you can say you're not allowed and Across the UK, like now that you have RTOs and you know a similar space in the background that you described, then it does seem quite effective to be able to just say, you know, you're not able to come, and for everyone to say the same thing in unison, pretty much, right? So yeah. it does do the effect of banning in, you know, almost the exact. It's legally um, distinct, but has the same effect. Exactly, yeah. So it doesn't seem like we're 
in too much of a rough position in that regard. Yeah. Um, um, but again, it's a very weird gray area where like, okay, let, let's say, you know, you run, you're running huge event, you're running Genesis, right? Mm -hmm. And like, you can do all you can to provide safety at your event, but like, what do you do as soon as they're out the doors, right? You're, they're not in your jurisdiction anymore. I can't stop someone being assaulted at the hotel, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's only so much I can do. I don't know where they're staying. I, like, obviously, it's a, that's the kind of nice thing about residential as well, right? We have a log of where everybody is and stuff. Yeah. Um, so are you saying now that part of the reason for your, you know, apprehension or insecurity when it comes to dealing with that is because of, you know, it's only so far that you're, what's it called, responsibility stretches? And does that seem like it's, it's a concern that, like, in, your, in your eyes? When I say, like, that's less of a responsibility issue. It's like, I can ban someone from my event, but what if they turn up to the hotel everyone's staying at? Mm, right? Yeah. Like, there's only so much one person can do. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, and there's, like, even even a formal body, if it was to form, like... I mean, first of all, I can't imagine that happening, unfortunately. But, like, again, yeah. What do you do if they just turn up to the hotel? You ask the hotel to tell them to leave? If they've bought a room, now what? The hotel aren't going to kick them out, right? Yeah. So the issue of safeguarding stretches kind of... Especially if you look at like the events of summer, right? Mm -hmm. None of that stuff really happened at events. Some of it happened at hotels during events. Some of it happened like in their personal lives, mm -hmm. right? In In like... As much as it kind of hurts to say, like, what can you do? How do I know yeah. what someone's doing in their personal life? And to be honest, like, in terms of actually coming up with solutions, like, to these type of issues, like, it is important to, like, whenever you set out to do something, you need to be able to distinguish, like, this is what we're able to deal with and this is what we're not able to deal with, right? So, like, I think it's important to know, like, there are certain things that, our jurisdiction can't reach but in having those sort of preventative solutions for things that come near our scene i think it can sort of be a deterrence to any yeah, sort of sure. potential action like that so i think well, there yeah, is it's like, sort of um, we might not be able to off. yeah sorry but go it's, ahead. it's like how um like fate was 18 plus mm -hmm. like it's it's just that's a small thing we can do that is safe say so it adds safety right yeah we know people are going to be drinking we know people are going to be rowdy make it 18 plus yeah um Again, that means it doesn't mean we can't stop anything horrible happening. Everything, sorry, horrible happening. But it does mean that we can be preventative and help where we can. Right? And the same thing goes for the little other things that were that came after lockdown in terms of weeklies having um, age caps and having to have a guardian if you're under the age and not being allowed to house or you know uh, have people over a smash face if they're under eighteen, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's sort of um, we are moving in that direction at least if it's not on a grand orchestrated scale, right? For so, sure. Yeah, I suppose. You think it, the little things is what we need, right? The little things is what we can do, and it ultimately does help make events safer. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of like at the end of the day, it's a community thing, right? We are a massive community, and kind of just have to watch out for each other. Yeah, I suppose. Um, apart from that. Um, Moving on to like the future, we've spoken a little bit about the next fate and the next things you have in mind. Um, 
are there any other things that you're sort of um, interested in or are there any other potential opportunities that you think you might get involved in, whether it's, um, you know, melee-wise or outside of melee? Um, I mean, to be fair, like, a lot of things this year are a bit up in the air. Um, things are being planned, but, like, right now in terms of melee, my plans are pretty much keep, like, we're, we're bringing everything back, right, slowly and safely. Mm -hmm. um, like, events are coming back. So right now my focus is probably on myth. Okay. Or, but there are also smaller events, like, like you know, there's Shafted in the next week. Yeah. And then Bunnyhood two weeks after that. Can you tell us a little about Shafted, actually? Maybe a little rundown and what's going on there. Um, sure. I mean, if you want a full breakdown, you can check out JCT's Twitter. But it's yeah. essentially just four people invited who were not on the last PR, um, which is UO, Ica, Lil Chief, and I, I can see their face and I can't remember their name. Wait, who is it? UO, Ica... Wait, did you say Squeechu? And Squeechu. I didn't yeah, say Squeechu. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Um, so they were invited as people who were not on the last PR. And then they then invited people based on, um, based on like... Different categories. categories, yeah. Yeah, so like someone they lost to, blah, blah, blah. There's graphics on Yeah, yeah. you can check out, what is it just at JSOT on I believe so. Twitter, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you can see who the invitees are on the format. Or you can watch it on twitch.tv slash Phoenix Smash next week. Um, is it next week? Wow. Yeah, actually, February 12th, right? If I remember yeah. correctly. And so do you feel like that opens up the scope for potential invitationals in the future? Or is that something that... I think it could be cool. Um, and that's definitely like something, something that's easier to run with COVID because they're mm. smaller, right? Yeah. Um, but it's kind of a, we'll see what happens. This is something new, so we'll see if it opens some doors. Yeah, I think people are definitely interested in it. And if it goes well, then yeah, of course there'll be more, right? Yeah. Okay, moving on from that, I just don't want to keep you too long today. So we've got some questions that were submitted by people on the Google form. Um, I suppose if anyone's got some super pressing questions, then they can drop them in chat. But we've got, I'm, I'm surprised we've got quite a few. We've got seven questions. Okay, so we'll rattle through them. Um, this one's from an anonymous person, they haven't mentioned who they are, but they said, being someone who's been around for a good few years, how is the UK, oh this is actually quite a broad question, uh, <laughs> but being someone who's been around for a good few years, how much has the UK scene changed over time, and how do you think it will be changing going into 2020? Going into 2020? <laughs> uh, oh sorry, 2022, happened. 2022, <laughs> sorry I misread that, it wasn't, it wasn't the person that asked the question, it was on me, but um... yeah. Sure. So I think the essence of the scene is still there. There's definitely a unique feeling of the UK scene, and I don't think it's sh completely shifted. I do think um, one very notable thing is we're actually, as a country, good at the game now, which we weren't before. True. Yeah. Um, like, Prof was good, Fuzzy was good, VA was good. You know? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. The line kind of starts there. Yeah. But now if you look at, like, our players, we've got multiple top 100, maybe even top 50 players at this point, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the scene itself is good uh, at the game, which I think has kind of pushed a lot of the mid-level people to try and get a little better, too. If you look at, like, the level of, like, a London Weekly, right? It's, it's kind of insane. Um, so yeah. I think the focus has kind of shifted more a little bit to the competitive side recently, 
Whereas before, people were like, oh, I'm going to meet up with my mates, gonna have a few drinks, going to have a fun yeah. time. Whereas now people are actually trying. People are getting coaches. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of the main shift. Um, and yeah, Slippy as well. People were able to grind on Netplay now. Uh, people who didn't have good internet or good computers can play with um, Slippy online. Definitely, yeah. Um, so yeah, the game's way more accessible. People can grind more. I think that's the biggest change. People are more that way inclined. Yeah. Um, yeah, coaches are sort of nuts the way it sort of popped off. It's like its own industry now. I remember, like, the best advice I'd be able to get is, like, you know, if you'd have, like, your old local PR player, it would sort of be, like, mystical in a way, you know what I mean? And that you had someone that was, had the old knowledge and could give it to you. But, yeah, now it's sort of a bigger thing. So the next question is, a name hasn't been added to this, but I'll say it anyway. Who was the best person you lived with at uni and why was it me? So I suppose you you can only guess who that might have been that put that question in. But I didn't live that? with any smashers at uni. Really? So I can only assume that's Matt, who's not a smasher. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> oh, is Matt the guy that you always retweet once in a while, going like, "What does he say?" Like, is it, "Let's get let's crunk. get crunk." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, shout out to Matt. Funny, I guess. funny dumb thing with Matt is he at one point decided to sign all of my stuff and I still find his signature on random boxes and stuff today. Wow, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, okay, um, we've got a couple questions. There's a guy called Harry that asked quite a few. Um, how have you transitioned the, have you handled the transition from small streamer to big streamer? Shit. Anything you have to say about it? I mean, we sort of touched on it. Yeah, but... I mean, it kind of just happens. Mm. Like, at the end of the day, right, streaming a small tournament and streaming a big tournament is just a test of stamina. Okay. <laughs> like all of the work is put into making it to prepping the stream, running mm -hmm. the stream is, you know, press a few buttons on the day. Like it's, it's just how long you go for. So it's, yeah, it's so much easier to go from running a 30 person tournament to a 300 person tournament mm -hmm. than it is to make your first stream look good. Wow. Okay. That's fair enough. I guess the main thing is like scheduling though. Scheduling has got tighter, which has really helped. Oh, well, oh, you mean like your your ability to do that in general in terms of your skills? Well, like more that before a stream would just kind of happen and I just wig it on the day. Gotcha. But to do bigger scale events, I know like I know what order a top eight is going to be played. I know that I want winners quarters to happen before we do losers games mm -hmm. and doing stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's a bit of format that makes my life on the day easier because I know what's next. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I can see how that would help. Um, Harry also asks, how is how important is production quality on a stream, on a melee stream? Um, um, how do you feel about that? You s said that you always try to push it in terms of so, making it the highest quality you can. But my answer is yeah. I I think it's super important because it's what you see, uh, and it's like it's. A hundred people come to your tournament, but a thousand people watch it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so in many ways, the stream is one of the more important things, but also like, if people don't like the event, they won't come back. But the honest answer is like, not really. Who really cares, right? To be fair, yeah. like that sort that point that you just made really stuck with me in terms of the you know, hundred person, hundred people coming and a thousand watching. Because you can think about how much of a the big example in melee is like Apex twenty fifteen, right? Where no one liked it in terms of it, like it was a actual like dumpster fire in terms of 
the actual attendance yeah. because they they lost their venue and all that stuff. But it's the tournament that st sticks in everyone's mind as being like so enigmatic of that era. Ended up getting being the first tournament to break a hundred thousand viewers concurrently on Twitch as well. Mm -hmm. So you can really just from that get a picture of how important streams can be. Harry again asks, what's the biggest challenge you faced as a streamer? Um, a funny answer is waking up on the morning of the event. Okay. A serious answer might also be waking up on the morning of the. I don't know. It's it's just keeping up with the tech and also like, um, I'm not a professional broadcaster, right? Like that's mm. not my that's not my trade. That's not my that's not what I studied, but through streaming smash i'm kind of slowly kind of incorporating things that i'm supposed to be i'll still do things my own way because i prefer them but like there are certain broadcast standard things that i will slowly be incorporating in if i feel they're appropriate um and i guess that's yeah that would that would be it gotcha and i think there's a last harry question i don't do you know what harry is i don't know a harry i mean harry could be jay bros but these oh. questions seem too serious. Wait, isn't Jabra's uh, Jack? <laughs> don't, maybe. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm so confused. Okay, fair enough. I guess... This so, is... I mean, Harry's a common name. It could be anybody. Gotcha. So, not Harry asks this question, apparently. <laughs> um, well, what's the hardest part about getting up in the morning? Is it the first action of sitting 100 up? 100% Jabra's. Is, um... is, it, is it not lying in bed after a shower? Or something else? Question mark. Know, once you shower, it's easy, right? Shower, a shower wakes you up. It's yeah, did people go to bed after shower? That seems a bit manky, to be honest. Um, I need to not watch a video when I wake up. Mood, yeah. That's yeah. so true. I watch a video, I will either stay in bed all day or pass out immediately. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's got to be the hardest part about waking There's up. There's been times where I've sort of, like, had a podcast on, like, I just tap it, like, mm. midway through my sleep. And as I'm waking up, and I just go back, and I'm like, I'm waking up to like that podcast still going on. It's it's not it's disgusting. But um, <laughs> um, it's actually shameful. I don't even know why I said that. I find it quite shameful that <laughs> I should share that on the internet. But um, yeah. So Aiken asks, what's your favorite Vine or six second video kind? Oh no, that that's a hard one to do on the spot. <laughs> um, I have I have a. I say I have a folder of them. What I really have is my WhatsApp conversations with my cousin where we just keep gotcha. sending each other the same videos. Nice, um, nice. It, right now, I'm thinking of the one where um, the clip of Spider-Man on a motorcycle, on a, on a bicycle kicking someone. Okay. <laughs> That's a very Is that one. Japanese Spider-Man or something? No, but Japanese Spider-Man's great too. Let me see if I can it seems it. like there's a type of zany thing that would come up with. Is it an official yeah. Spider-Man thing? No, 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 no. Is it's it one like of the MC PTA. or... Yeah, I was about to think. I was thinking it's not. It's gonna be some sort of scuffed Spider-Man or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a pretty funny one. Um, yeah, fair enough. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll definitely. I'll. I'll. I'll, I'll... You get back to. Sorry, me. I just found a video of Spider-Man kicking someone off a bridge. Um, <laughs> I'll. I'll find. I'll find them. I'll probably start tweeting them out. There's some. Okay, and speaking of that, speaking of that, Westers asks, "Why does your Twitter go so hard?" <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that some would say it's full. I, you know, it's phases. You know, I like posting funny. Chase, sometimes. I'm serious. You know that thing that you posted about the Spider-Man thing, right? You need to put on TikTok. I'm serious. 
I see things like that on TikTok. It gets like 200k views. 200k. Do you, do you actively likes. use TikTok? Yeah, I use it like every day. Okay. If I give you permission to reshare it, should we see if it actually gets any? Um, sure. I mean, <laughs> I I could try. You want, you want me to put it on my one? I mean, I don't have one, so you're welcome okay. to post it if you if you feel like it will have great success on TikTok. Sure, I'll give it a go. It can be hit or miss. It's sort of like luck of the draw, right? Yeah, but right. It's, it's you got to get seen by a couple of people, yeah. and it just spirals out. But if it if that does get seen by people, like to be honest, No Way Home came out it, like it's past the hump, right, of the interest. But yeah, TikTok was filled with No Way Home stuff, and people are still like fangirling over Andrew Garfield now. So yeah, sure. <laughs> that movie um, sucks. I have um, no idea. Oh, what? No Way Home? <laughs> really? Is that your opinion? No, it's fine. Where does it's... it go on the ranking? Because I listened to your ranking. You did a little ranking of all... Because Chase, if anyone's not aware, is, like, really into... I I was about to say that you're really into, like, uh, Spider-Man and, like, the Sam Raimi movies in particular. But you're really into Marvel as well, right? You I like mean, your, yeah, You like your Doctor Doom? Yeah, I grew up on it, so... Yeah. Um, where does it go in the ranking? I think it goes... Um, is it better than the Tasms? It's probably like equal, maybe slightly better than Tasm One. Okay, that's not. Uh, but I think it's the best of the new Spider-Man movies, but it's not good. <laughs> gotcha. That's, wait, do you feel like they? I'm not even. Gonna, I, I've kept you for long enough, so I'm not going to make this a Spider-Man discussion. <laughs> but um, yeah. Aside from that, was there anything else I wanted to ask? I suppose if anyone has anything, you can. Speak now or forever hold your peace. But yeah, I think that's all I wanted to ask. Nothing else really comes to mind. I really want to say thank you. I mean, is there something you want to say, Chase? Or something that you thought I would have asked you that I haven't asked you? Uh, no, but I am impressed with how much stuff you found. Some of those old pictures I've not even thought about in years. Oh my <laughs> God. I can send them all to you. There's no issue. Yeah, yeah go for it. Go for but, it. But um, yeah, no. I definitely, the same thing with like the Moby interview I did. I definitely like like to put a lot of effort into these type of things and who knows if if you've made it to the end of this if you're listening on youtube or spotify then thank you for listening through what has become a three-hour podcast um yeah, good luck to future hassan who's attempting to edit this down i'll try to sort of i'll probably cut out that bit where i was like fumbling over the, <laughs> the video apart from that though we normally just put the vods up straight sure um we just download it from twitch and just put it out but um yeah, apart from that, thank you to everyone who I approached. I hope it doesn't like break some sort of journalistic integrity if I reveal who I spoke to. So I spoke to your cousin Hamza. He spoke to me. Just a Hamza. Yeah, he, he told me about um Beyblade of PS One. That's why. I... Nice. That, I thought that was a deep cut. I had yeah. no idea where you'd get that from. No, I spoke to him. He told me a lot about the early fighting game stuff that you did together, um, that you played, you know, growing up, um, and so that was a big help. If anyone wants to follow him you can find like he does like spider-man comics himself or he's like he does a lot of comics himself right and does a lot of yeah, art. He has a bunch of art stuff as well so you can yeah. find him at his he's run on twitter or his this is a hard twitter twi handle it's wreath which is like w-r-t-h-r-e-e-h -E uh, wait what's that it's w-r-3-h oh yeah it's w-r-3-h <laughs> exactly oh it's like his name yeah yeah, like, yeah. Okay, it's spelt out instead of it's, it's w-r-3-h um, if you want to look at his art, I suppose. Thank you also to Kieran, who I approached. He gave me a lot of information and gave me some of those pictures. Thank you to Megan. Thank you to Fraser. And thank you to Goo. Also, thank you to Nebs, who gave me a little bit about 
the work that you did with him in terms of London TOing. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate everyone who has been so informative in terms of helping me with my research. And thank you for everyone that came here today to watch. Thank you everyone who tunes in, for everyone that tunes into Sharp Engine. You can find us on RSS feeds, um, on YouTube, and also on Spotify. And I'll that should be on my pinned tweet. Like there's a bunch of links in the replies to my pinned tweet. So you can find me at jmooncake. Um, you can follow Chase on that often mentioned on this throughout this podcast. You can find him on uh, twitch.tv forward slash phoenix smash. And you can also follow him at, at Chase Young. Um, and yeah, apart from that, do you think there's anything I missed, Chase? No, you were surprisingly thorough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so yeah, yeah, apart from that. Good job, um, anyone who made it through this whole thing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for watching. And um, yeah, have a good day. And we'll see you next episode. Hopefully Sharp will show up for that one. If not, then I might just continue doing these interviews. But um, yeah, if there's anyone you'd like me to interview or you got any feedback on the show, then feel free to shoot that to me uh, on Discord and Twitter or whatever. So yeah, um, apart from that, thanks everyone for watching. Have a great night, sleep tight, all that business, and bye, have a good one. Bye-bye. See you at a tournament, maybe. Bye.